With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right, everyone. We are back. It's been about two years or so, but Dylan Erickson, who none of you have ever heard of, and the great, the man, the myth, the legend himself, P.T. Merciless. We are back. How are you, Pete? I'm great. How are you, Dylan? <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> so we've uh, already been on the phone with, for ten minutes with each other, but let's just. Uh, <laughs> we, we have been, but uh, now, now we're actually nope. doing the thing. So, uh, RSW World Heavyweight Champion, how's that treating you? Kaboom! <laughs> treating me great. Well, I mean, so far. So far, I haven't yeah. been champion. Have, yeah, I haven't been champion too long. Um, Won it in a six-person tag. Not tag. Uh, the masquerade thing that they do every year, apparently, where everybody wears a mask and you don't know who's who, even though they keep hinting like a motherfucker all the way through the match about who's who. <laughs> that, that, that thing, yeah. Nice, so. nice. I don't think Dylan Erickson would be a good fit for that because he's seven feet four inches tall. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, he could have been in this one because it was pretty kind of silly the way they did it. They had they had Ruby Walsh on stilts, and they <laughs> had and they had Frank Windsor on his knees. Really? And I'm like, how the hell do you even walk to the ring <laughs> you know, and look nor and look normal doing it? I thought that was a little bit like that is this a Bugs Bunny cartoon? Like a tad ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. So you won the world title. Who held it before you? The Masked American. The Masked American. Who you and, don't uh, know, but who everybody else is pretty damn sure is Rip Bash. Oh, really? Yeah. Rip Bash was pretty great. He actually... Yeah, uh, about... Rip, I, I was, Rip, he, he, let me tell you, he, this dude came in, he came back just about the same time that I did. To, yep. to E-Fed Zone. And he came in as the masked American. And just nobody knew who he really was. And, yeah, every people in this game, they're just like, they needed to know. Like everybody kind of wanted to, like, who are you really? you got to be somebody that was here before. Yeah. And he just, for, to this day, he's just kept it a secret who he is. Well, everybody, now <laughs> everybody's about 90% sure that it's Rip Bash. I mean, he's, he's let a, enough clues drop now and everything like that. Oh, really? For the longest time, everybody was, people thought he was Italy, people thought he was, you know, some people thought he was me. I'm like, I'm right over here. (laughs) Remember when uh, everyone thought, was it Mitch Allen, but everyone thought that someone was Paul Erickson, and it took us about six months to realize it wasn't him? Yeah, I can't remember who they thought it was. If they thought it was Jack, when Jack came back, I think maybe they thought it was Paul. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I don't think that's Paul. You can tell by the writing style. I can anyway. Yeah. But he legitimately did come back for a little while, and then he faded away, I think, once everyone found out who he was. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, yeah, he uh, he did, uh, I remember back in Fed Wars, when Fed Wars was still fairly young, Paul came back and he opened a fit. Yep, was I called, was in it. And it was called Dropkick Wrestling. Yep, I remember that. Yep, and it wasn't there very long. He disappeared again. No, yeah, he disappeared after a couple weeks. I don't even know if they ran the first show or not, but, uh, yeah, it disappeared pretty damn quick. Yep, and didn't so, heard from him since. So how the hell did Fed, did uh, Fed Wars close? Was that just an LAL thing, or what was that? Oh, you weren't, you weren't around when it closed? Yeah, I want to know why it closed. I thought you were around when it closed. I was, but... Oh, but you just weren't paying attention to the forums because they were blowing up every day. I no, wasn't was paying attention. Just... <laughs> He was just getting, like, people were getting on his ass too much, really. Looking back from my own perspective, and I was always supportive of LAL. I always was. I was just like, he's a good guy, you know. He's, But everybody was just bitching on him about not keeping up with the site. Not only that, but also the other, this, that, and the other. There was the controversy about the stupid fucking tournament. Um, and then there was NEW. Jesse and him had a friggin' tiff. When you were. And Great. that... That's it, you know. Once Jesse got a tip with you, you know it's war. So yep, and it was you know finally he just yeah I don't need this shit. I'm closing it down. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, just gave up. Too bad. I wish he hadn't. You know, really. I mean, as yeah. much as I like he had zone, but I mean it wiped out the game on this end of the spectrum of it. it you know. It's fucking been years now, three years, and the only fucking operating Fed, fully operating Fed on E-Fed Zone is RSW. RSW, and I knew that when I joined. Yeah, that's it. Even after all this time, like it just, it it just, so many people after Fed Wars closed just left, you know, just left the game. Yep. You know, and so there's not not enough. At least Fed Wars, there was enough people around. What the hell was that? I don't know. It wasn't on my end. Must have been on mine. So anyway. I keep saying you're hanging up and on the call and hanging up. I don't know what's going on. Okay. I'm back. Yeah. Uh, I, I I switched from my uh, cell phone. I had to start uh, I had to start the show from my phone. But uh, I don't know what the uh, long distance charges are, so I had to switch to my landline. And there you have it. And there, All right. that, that, if that's you're done, what... If you're through sabotaging the show now, we can get back to this. Shit. Okay, we can get back to it. <laughs> All so, right, everyone, we're back. So we back. back but back. it's so. been how many years since uh, E-Fed Zone started? I think it's been three years. It's been three years? Two and a half or three, something like that, yeah. Holy shit. I, I was there I, in the very beginning, and then I left. And I took like about almost a year hiatus off. Yeah, like I, uh, I, I had no idea it had been that long, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. But there's it's only one active bed. Yeah. It's, well, there's GRW, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's always but, GRW. You know, there's always going to be GRW. <laughs> And who runs that? Oh, it's still Demon Axer. It, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that group, him. That group of clowns, you know, Devilstone <clears throat> and Grimstone and those people. Yeah, because uh, 
there's something like 60 active, or I, I use the word active really loosely, feds on the main page, but uh, yeah. there's if you, look, if you look at the character list, if you look at the wrestler database, there's like hundreds. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there's like 500 wrestlers on there. Yeah, there's probably like 30 active people on the site, but there's like, uh, you know, 300 wrestlers on the fucking list. People just show up. A lot of people show up. They open a Fed, and then they don't do anything ever again. Well, they open. They, they a don't fed. even. They don't even get as far as putting a banner up. They just open it, and then they like, and then they don't ever do anything. I don't get it. Well, as as a former Fed owner, I think what these people do is they open a Fed. They have a great idea, I'm sure, in their head. No one joins. Twelve or twenty-four yeah. hours later, they get disheartened with the whole thing and never come back. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a few on there. If you look at the list right now of Fed, there's a few on there. Hey, you know, it looks like an original idea. That's a good, you know. And I've always, I've, the way I've always been, I look at them, I'm like, I'd throw a character in there if I thought there was any fucking hope in hell. But after three years of being on this site, I'm like, there's no hope. I even tried yeah. opening one myself, and all the guys, good guys, you know, from RSW, Billy Fowler, uh, Christ, even Jaguar jumped in. Jaguar? Jo- yeah, joined up. I thought he, was thought he was in it, too. Well, he, yeah, but he, you know, he, he, threw, a, he threw a Jaguar into my fence. You know. That's Just awesome. as a courtesy. Uh, yeah, he was. Um, never role-played, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but, yeah, Rob came up with a new character, and Billy did, and, uh, you know, Martin did, and all these guys, and uh, but... I don't know. I just, I, I wasn't thinking at the time. This was just like a month or so ago. Or, you know, I wasn't thinking yeah. at the time, like, they're moving. This site's going to close. Yeah, I and heard they're opening that. A, yeah, there's going to be a new site. And I'm like, well, I'm not too technically savvy with the new site. I don't think, you know, having to set up a whole fed there. and I don't know what. So I was just like, mm. Yeah. But it's just so time I don't have to put into all of that. So it's gonna stay on with, here. I might try to give it a go, but yeah. What's the deal with this WrestleNet thing? What is that? What What's the point of moving everything over? Well, there's this friend of Jaguars. He runs the other another site or something. There's this Fed that he runs called Olympus. That uh, like it seems half the people in RSW are in, and uh, yeah, it's another site in its own fed and thing like that. Well, they decided to, you know, to try to help the game, to try to help that spur activity, everything else, you know, and uh, they're going to merge. Okay. It's, but, it's, I mean, our, the eFed zone is going to go. It's, it's, the merger is going to basically be, RSW is going to show up on as a thing on this WrestleNet network or whatever. Yeah, and then everything else here will shut down. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, also Jaguar's a really busy fucking guy and Rob's a really busy fucking guy, you know, and they don't really have time for this anymore. Yeah. They both have too much too much going on. They both have careers, you know, and real careers, <laughs> you know. Careers, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the time and everything like that, they're better off. They need help, you know. And this this other guy, I think his name is Josh something or whatever. He's gonna be end up doing you know most of the. He's gonna be the real own, the new owner, and you know they're gonna be kind of admins and help out instead of having 
worry about the whole day. Okay. So, you know, good thing for them. Hey, if it's necessary, it's necessary, you know. Exactly. I'm, I'm used to this format. You know, it's more like a Fed Wars format or a G-Fed format as well. So I don't know yeah. how well I'm going to adjust to that. I think that site over there, the way Olympus is and shit, is it leans more toward the pro board side of shit, I think. Ah, great. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, I'm not all that jiggy with that shit, but... Yeah, I hate pro board feds. I think I tried to join one one time, and I just hated the format so much. Yeah, well, it's not that, you know... I've looked at it once or twice, and it's not nearly as extreme as pro boards as far as just how bland it all is, but... uh, And uh, the guy is fucking graphics genius, you know, and everything, so... Yeah. You know, so I'll give it a shot, you know, go over there. I have to now. I got fucking belt, you know. Yeah, you kind of have to go Hopefully over there, even if you I got to. Or I can just bring it home. And I, you know. <laughs> yeah, bring it home, show up on night for the garbage yeah, can. Yeah, do the Bret Hart thing, just show up. Uh, where am I going to show up? <laughs> <laughs> show up at some pro board fed? Like, I got this RSW. Like, who the fuck is RSW? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah. Uh, it's like when someone comes up and sets up another ICW on Fed Wars. I remember that happening a couple times. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, coincidence. That's who it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you got to imagine how many international championship wrestlings there have been. <laughs> you know, oh, I know. It's ridiculous. In the history of it, it's got to be a very used name. But ours was but by far the Hard best. to avoid. Mm. Hard to avoid. Hard to avoid. But, uh, yeah, so uh, let's move on to uh, what the heck happened to Dylan Erickson. My character, one of my only characters, uh, he's wearing a mop on his head and uh, doing, his, doing some guy's bidding or something. Uh, what the heck happened? How did, the, how did that happen? I don't think they actually wear mops on their heads. They're called the Mopolites. And this is uh, Reverend Shane Mitchell's flock. Basically. Okay, like like it's his cult. It's their his followers. Yeah. And basically, what they you know he's done and uh, Summeroff had a hand in it too is basically all the the old failed wrestlers or the people that never showed up again. People mostly from NGW and shit. Yeah. A lot of people like that, and their their characters have become mopolites now. Interesting. So there's yeah. So it's like all these certain ones and all that, you know, I can't, you know, the, the name, any one of them, I don't know. I wasn't that familiar with NGW characters, people. Um, but there's like, and they're all, they all take the name Mop, whatever, you know, it's Bash Mopson or, you know, whatever. Well, you yeah. were doing Mop Mopson. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I went back and read a few. Yeah. So but I just had, I saw you in a couple of those role plays, and I was like, he didn't really, he doesn't belong there. You know, he doesn't belong as a mob player. He did too much in the game. You know, he's the owner of ICW, you know, uh, just a little bit too big of a star. You know, so, okay, maybe, maybe you flaked out a fucking NGW, but fuck, you know, I mean, a lot of people did. Yeah, a lot of people did. You know, especially after Mitch Allen took over. I mean, fuck Christ, everybody ended up flaking out after so fucking long, I think. Yeah, I think I left shortly after that because I barely even remember. 
Ah, so yeah. So that's what happened with you, and then you know, but basically, that's been rolling along. It's got its whole history uh, before I came back. Um, that was the Hunter Valentine era where he was champion, and okay. you know, he How was in the stable with with Mitchell and uh, Chris Parsons. Yeah. Chris, and who Chris Parsons, who is now the in character owner of the Fed. Okay. Who I blinded his ass a few events ago. <laughs> nice, like literally nice. blinded him. His character is blind now. <laughs> like oh, I just that's... jammed my. I used Morkin Davis, Summerov's character. Yep. His finisher was the. Uh, this will be boring to anybody in the Fed that listens. But, um. His character's finisher is the Midwest Eye Couch, where he just basically fucking jams his thumbs into the guy's eyes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, leave it to summer off to come up with a finisher like this. So yeah. I, my my whole thing was PT. I just made him so, like, he bought the insurance company for the fit. And so that he was going to, and I, you know, had a match coming up against Davis. And I wanted to see uh, Frank Windsor win the title because I was in an alliance sort of with Rob Riot, who's one of the bastards, and Frank Windsor's one of the bastards. It kind of went like that. Yep. So I was basically trying to ma- manipulate shit so that he was... So I said, because of the health issues and all of this shit, you know, and all the Midwest Eye Gadget is banned. There's going to be a $1 million fine to anybody who uses it, etc., and all of that. Well, that same night that he had the match with Windsor, I had this match with Parsons, and I used it. I was under the ring with him, and I fucking used it on him and blinded him. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, just pure hypocrisy and all that shit, and just being a fucking villain. (laughs) He's been blind ever since. I don't know if he's ever going to write it so his eyesight comes back. I kind of hope he does, actually. Uh, You're going to be able to take that character too far without eyesight. I almost feel like P.T. Merciless is becoming more and more and more sadistic every time I check up on him. Every time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, his whole story has just been one of just continually spiraling down this uncontrollable, you know, vortex of just doing evil things because he's just in too deep for all this shit, you know? Yeah. It's like any redemption that there might be for this guy... You know, because there's a human under there somewhere deep down. There's a human being. Somewhere. You know, that came out a lot in GCW, you know, when I was doing my really, really deep writing and shit. Somewhere there, it's there, but it's never going to be there because he's just just into fucking. The only way anything can end for this guy is in just, it's going to end badly for him. (laughs) Eventually, yeah. Yeah, there's no happy ending coming for that. Uh, I, I made like that, that decision long ago. <laughs> you know, he's going to go down in the fucking blaze. Because <laughs> <laughs> now he's got, the, I mean, for years and years, he's managed to duck it and, you know, and all that shit because of his wealth and, and all of this connections. But, you know, the FBI has been after him for a long time, trying to get him and look into his activities and everything. And now that's starting up more and more again. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. People that read my role plays know this, but I think a lot, most of the roster doesn't because I'm I'm writing like you know seventeen thousand word role plays every. Yeah, time. I saw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm gonna start getting out of that because it's really starting to like 
it's getting it's wearing on me, you know. Well, exactly. And it also it's unfair, you know. People aren't either willing or able. They don't have the time, you know. To, to like if it's a huge event like Anar Christmas or something like whoever I'm facing, I want them to think fuck. Done it in the past. If I'm facing Summer Off or I'm facing Nocturnal or whoever fuck I might be facing, bring it. You know, yep. don't show up with 5,000 words, you know, like, let's <laughs> fucking have a, let's have a fucking match, but this regular, on the regular anymore, like, I'm going to try to start bringing it back, to, you know, seven, yeah. 8,000 words, you know, stop oh, being yeah. so goddamn. I'm surprised they don't have a word limit, because uh, I, I don't know how you write a novel every single freaking week. Well, it's just. I, I just a lot of shit pops into my head while I'm writing. I gotta, you know, yeah. I've always been like that. I, I'm a writer by nature, and I just need to write. You know, I I I can't write. You know, it's hard for me to write friggin' just you know five thousand words and be like, okay, that's good enough. You <laughs> know, I'm like, there's so much more to say, and I'm I'm very I'm detailed. You know, I put a lot of detail in my shit. Yep, I noticed that. I noticed as much. Because I want people to be able to see what they're reading. You know? Mm-hmm. I want you to see the scene. I want you to be able to visualize it in your head. I want you to be able to, like, you know, that's why it's like facial expressions and gestures and all that stuff is important to me when I write. Because I want people to get that. I want them to see it in their head, like how somebody's looking or anything, you know. Just stuff like that. It's just how much PT spilled all over himself? What, what now? How much gin PT has spilled over oh. himself today? Oh, yeah, yeah. He just keeps fucking drinking. Yeah, when that happens, sure. When that happens, every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he still likes his gin. I'm surprised he hasn't died from alcohol poisoning yet. No, but I've thought about, because of his lifestyle and, you know, the fact that this guy's a professional wrestler who's also an alcoholic and a friggin' smoker, you know, <laughs> sooner or later he's got to, realistically, he's got to start having some health problems. Yeah, he's got to start having some issues here. He's in his late 30s now, as, you know, the character's in his late 30s, and, you know, sooner or later, it's gonna, you know, a Jake the Snake Roberts thing has to get yeah. started something with him. I don't know. Maybe that's what's going to finally do him in, is he gets cancer or get something like that. Something, yeah, freaking, but uh, yeah, Moppixen. I just yeah, Moppixen. Uh, I was a little rough on Shane in the role play too, because we break the fourth wall a lot just then. Yeah, it's become something it's just characteristic to this Fed. It's just it's it's done in tongue in cheek, but it's done all the time. <laughs> okay. You know, and there's a lot of OOC in the role plays, a lot of role plays, especially like yeah. Martin's shit, a lot of all roles. It's, it's definitely out of character. People giving their opinion because it's the, the, the anti-drama thing is so strong in the game now that yep. you can't you can't put it on a fucking forum board. You can't. You just, you, it's simply taboo. So how are people getting that out of their systems? How are they getting their complaints and shit out of their systems? They're putting it in their role plays. That's what's going on. Exactly. And that, then it's acceptable. Well, it's, you know, it's in character. Yeah, but read that whole paragraph. There was nothing in character about that shit. But it's, you know, 
it's if it's done tact- tactfully enough, then it's yeah, it's okay. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, uh, I can see that feature in uh, Shane Mitchell's newest role play as well. Mm-hmm. Posted just today. I have been sent. Oh, I haven't really read that. To dig the dirt on Jessica King. Do you know who that is? Yeah, Jessica King was an actual female, um, a real one. That was she was a German chick, and she was in the Fed for a while for a few. Oh, okay. She was in there for like a month or two, or something, and she was getting something going with uh, Mass American. Yep. And then she just out of the blue just bowed out. Just vanished. Yeah, well, one of these, you know, I don't, you know, my, I can't, my character, I don't know what to do with my character, and I don't see my character, you know, this and that and the other, and, like, the character's yep. doing fine. Working with a great role player, uh, got a good story, she had a good character, she was, you know, like, she had alcohol problems for the character, she had, there's all that's kinds a of... Great, that's a great, that's a great thing. I'm looking at it going, like, you're doing fine, honey, but, yep. you know, I just didn't want to be in it anymore, so... But they're still using her character because her character is relative to the story that they had going on. Ah. Before. So. Or at least okay. one masked American had before. Well, I think in my uh, return roleplay, Mopixon is going to have to break away from this, uh, the Mopolites. I think that's going to have to be a thing. Well, you already have. That's what I did with that last roleplay. Exactly. But now I'm right back in. Well, you're not a Mopolite. If you read Just, Shane Mitchell's newest role play, though, I what? still am. What? No. Look at it. I All right, I will after, but he must have after. not read mine too well. But uh, I pretty much yeah, had your ass liberated there. I've been sent to find Jessica King. Yeah, that's what I don't get. I'm going to have to be like, you know, send him a PM and be like, uh, do you not remember that part of, you know, the, my role play, where you know, I got Dylan the fuck out of there. Remember that? Yeah. Seems they'll have to break out or something again, but uh, that won't be mine. That that won't must be, be a bad British. Thing. Must be a British thing because these guys' memories are so fucking short. <laughs> Wait. Oh crap! That's actually a really old one. Sorry. Oh, was the one? Uh. Well, fuck. Face Sorry, Shane. Facepalm. Now you make me look like a fool talking about Shane. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was looking at page nine instead of page one, so. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, everyone. Stupid. <laughs> Fucking. I was going to like, what the fuck is he? Yeah, so Shane hasn't done anything wrong. I'm free, and it's all very, very exciting. <laughs> yeah. And I, oh, I, there's only been one role play put up, and uh, yeah, Shane, he, he never role plays that early. Anyway, it was kind of, I thought that was kind of strange. I, I never see him pop one up there soon. Yeah, Mark the that, Force. Mark Force. I, yeah, he's always like the first fucking guy to role play. I think he's got his role plays like written out like four weeks ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a bad. As soon as the show gets booked, he just yeah, I guess. I'm I'm the opposite. I wait till three hours before, and I think, well, fuck, I should probably start writing something. 
I do mine like two hours a night over like a couple of nights. Really? Yeah. I'll watch it. Probably get that long. Interesting. Cause, I'm, not uh, cranking out, a... I'm not cranking that out in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I, you know, like, fuck it. I'll do the first if I half. Well, I can put out 2,000 words in a couple of hours, but, uh, and it'll be half decent, but uh, it's not going to be world championship material. Yeah. But uh, I have about a page and a half written for my return, my glorious return, even though I'm not wrestling at this show. Feel the passion, my son. Sorry? Feel the passion. Yes. Yes. So, in the meantime, my wife has been raped and killed uh, after we separated. And so that gives me something to work with. Well, I figured if you ever did come back, it gives you a fresh start. You don't have to cling to that shit that goes way, way back to fucking CWE with the Russian wife and all that. Yeah, you can just start fresh here, and then you can do whatever you want with her. Which is nice. Which is nice. I like it. But uh, I'm wondering how I'm going to reintroduce myself because I'm not wrestling. I guess we'll have to find out. Well, you're going to be wrestling, presumably, right? Because I'm what? You're going to be wrestling, aren't you? Of course I am. Just not at this show. Oh well, not at the show, right? Because you just show it back up. Eventually, I'll be back. Well, you know, just have it as a, like, what's been going on? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so it really... Seems that, yeah, but it... This is the only active Fed, but it looks to have a good roster. You've got Rob Riot, of course, uh, P.T. Merciless, Jaguar till recently, Billy Fowler's on the roster, I believe. Oh, yeah, Billy. Billy Fowler. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And Mark, uh, of course, E-Rock is on there. I remember him from G-Fed. We had a lot of fun. Who? Uh, E-Rock. Oh, E-Rock, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's here. Yeah, he came back uh, fairly recently. Yeah. I remember having a lot of fun on those radio shows with him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't be on a radio show with him to save my life anymore because he, me, me and him just we argue too badly about politics, especially social things like just uh, I don't get him and he don't get me. It's just, you know, we're we're okay with each other, but it's just I don't. I frankly just don't get the guy. I don't know where he's coming from. Yeah, we've got Kintaro. I've heard of him. Reverend Shane Mitchell, who's on there, the masked American, who is Rip Bash. Yeah, we're pretty sure. We're pretty sure. Roster. Yeah, looks like a pretty solid roster. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, it is. It's a good roster. You know, dedicated people and all that. And, you know, it's almost like a little family that just keeps it going. This side of this game. You know? Yeah. It's looking good. And enough fresh uh, people come in, too. Enough fresh people come in, too, to keep it interesting. They come and they go. Yeah, there are a lot of um, people I've heard of. You know, before, like, yeah, a lot of them, they're not, they're not long-timers. You know, the long-timers are basically the people you just listen to. You know, like Rob, Billy, Martin, Scott, or Summer Off. You know, 
is the mainstay people. And then you have your other people that come in, and you know, Chris Gibson, he's always there. And then you have your other people that come in, like they're there for a few months, maybe six months, maybe even a year. Like this one guy, the Reaper, he was pretty good, and he had a good character that he just recently jetted. And, you know, people like that come and they go, and either you'll see them again or you won't. But the yeah. mainstay people, they're always there. They're always there. Yeah, I'm actually quite a big Mark Force fan. I read one of his role plays. I thought it was really funny. Hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. It's pretty pretty funny, I guess. I... It's not Hell's Bouncer powerbombing Elmo through a table funny, but it's still, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that, eh? Oh, yeah. I wish I would have saved that one from G-Fed, because that was one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know the story, it was on G-Fed way back in the day. Hell's Bouncer was being featured on Sesame Street, and I guess all the Muppets and all that pissed him off, and he started Hell's Bombing them through tables. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Good Lord. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. He's around, too. He's around, like, shows up, I think he's in DRW or something. Yeah, because near the end of his run in ICW, he was actually pumping out really, really good role plays. Yeah, he was doing doing all right. And I mean that seriously, because he he PM'd me once asking, what can I do to get better? And I said, well, your biggest thing is the spell check and maybe make them a bit longer. And then the next week, he posted like a 3,000-word role play that was really, really good. And it was yeah. really probably damn near killed the guy to do it though. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> that was great to see. So he's still around. He, he Hell's Bouncer is one of my favorites. Yeah, he, he, he's an alright guy. Yeah. I, you know, I used to talk to him and everything, but I don't know. And Doctor Summeroff is still around. Oh yeah, yeah. What what happened to the blob and Brother Abaddon? What happened there? Oh, that's all gone. He's been basically, his main character for the longest time has been this Morton Davis, who's this guy from Oklahoma. Okay. Um, You know, pretty solid, uh, straightforward character, raised, you know, in a small town in Oklahoma. Yeah. Star athlete in high school, all that shit, and just, loop became a wrestler. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty much like like the, the Hulk Hogan of the Fed. Like the, the main face, the major face character. Ah, okay. Um, although he slipped a few times into evil them. Yeah, which is interesting because not a thanks lot of to people... Shane, thanks to Shane Mitchell. <laughs> I find in E-Fetting not a lot of people want to be baby faces as much because it's so much easier to be a heel. That's one thing I found in ICW, I think, and on Fed Wars as a whole. Yeah, There's a lot of people who really want to be... Not the same way. He doesn't want to be, you know, this is the only face character he's ever really run, major face character, has been Davis. And even Davis, like I said, has got this tendency to slip back into his alter ego evil mode. Yep. And, and shit. But, uh, but, yeah, you know, solid faces that are just there and they stay that way. And, oh, yeah. I mean, look at R- RSW now. Davis was it when he was. There's no yep. faces in there. There are no faces. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
you know, it's, the it's, Jaguars, shade, it's, it's evil or some kind of shade of gray. So that's what you're getting. <laughs> so black but, or a shade of gray, no but white. But really, if you look at it, that's been the way wrestling's been for the longest time. How many real, true, good guys are have there been in wrestling since fucking... True. Had, I mean, WWE just wants people to cheer for Roman Reigns, but he acts like an asshole on TV. Yeah, because that's the new hero. It's the anti-hero. The anti-hero. And they're Stone constantly Cold... trying to revive. They're constantly trying to revive the whole Steve Austin. You know, it's like it doesn't work because it's fucking PG era, and nobody's ever going to take this guy as seriously as a badass as they did. No. Because you fuckers are too much of a pussies now to fucking you know it's the PG era, and has been ad nauseum for lo- too long. I stopped watching that shit long ago. Fuck Roman Reigns, yeah. I can't even stand the look of the guy. You know, it's like they, they they pick these assholes that have no charisma. Yeah. Even a lot of even a lot of the top people in WWE, I've I've I watch, you know, interviews and stuff with these people or listen to oh, podcasts. Yeah. I, and they're like, you know, like hey, what the fuck were they thinking with trying to push it? You know. The yeah. Dumb, dumb, I listen. I listen to. I listen to so many of the interviews on Raw, and it's it, they're they're just so wooden. It, it's you know they're reading off a script. It's horrible. Christ, yeah, Christ, it's been that way for ever. Yeah, trying to watch. The only difference, these... it's been like that for a long time. The only difference is now is that nobody can even read off a fucking script and make it convincing. Exactly. You know, at, least, at least, at least the fucking Attitude Era guys. You know, then it was kind of getting out of the old era of like go ahead and ad lib, and getting into the new era of well, we're starting to get writers in here, but the people that they had like Mick Foley and The Rock, they're talented fucking people. Whether you yeah. handed them a script or you told them to just wing it, they could do either. Exactly. Then now but. these fucking douchebags, they can't do anything. You know, they got they yeah. can't hold you know their own dick when they piss. <laughs> True. I mean, like uh, watching someone like Sasha Banks, she's the current women's champion, try and do a promo, and it's just you can tell that she's just memorized the whole thing. Even Mick Foley a few weeks ago on Raw. They had him come out and announce this match or something, and he was tripping over his lines, and it was it was awful because you could tell that they'd scripted him. Yeah, because these people they're not they're not actors. They're not told one they're going in like they yeah. were thirty years ago. Like, look, going into this business, you got to be fifty percent actor if you want to get anywhere. Well, now they're getting places because of their physique. Yeah. Because of some stupid writer and some asshole in the suit, and they're being pushed for the wrong reasons, and, and nothing makes sense. And so, of course, none of them. They all suck, you know, and the audience doesn't seem to notice, you know. Like, I hate the fact that most of the fucking people in RSW, like, think they're smarter people, but they're all WWE fans. Like, and a lot of really? the fucking, a lot of the RSW shows are clearly WWE influenced, and I'm like, this, what the fuck, you guys, this is shit. You guys know it's shit, you know? Just stop basing it on this crap that's shit now. Like, it hasn't been good product for ages. Ages. You know? and I mean, once in a while they have a little hiccup, and there's a couple of interesting characters that you can kind of get into, but, you know, that's just monkeys at a typewriter, really. <laughs> yeah, true. I, yeah. Uh, like, CM Punk was interesting at one point, and, and I well, find it really... You know, he, was, he had fucking integrity, and that's why he's gone. Anybody that's got integrity, they fucking drive to fucking. Anybody that fucking has any kind of talent, real talent, 
And with real talent, usually it comes some degree of integrity. People that know what they're doing, like CM Punk. And you know what what they do with him? No, he's gone, you know, and he'll never be in the fucking Hall of Fame. And he'll never, you know, they fucked the guy. You know, they fucked him out of... He left left willingly, but they fucked him into leaving, you know. They did. Did you see him fight in the UFC? No, I didn't. No, it was a disaster. He got killed. Well, I figured he would. I mean, like, dude, you're not really a fighter. <laughs> like, yeah, he Brock Lesnar, yeah, years. you know, Brock, Brock Lesnar can do both because he's a fucking gargantuan. He's just a scary dude. He's just fucking enormous. I mean, this guy, shit, <laughs> real <laughs> fighter, fake fighter, he can do it all. Yeah, he can do anything. But, One of the uh, few things that's good about WWE these days, by the way, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. And I find it really telling that the guys who get the biggest reactions are the old guys. Yeah. Yeah, like the pre-show panels. You'll get chance for Lita, Booker T, and Jerry Lawler more than you'll on, on the pre-show, more than you'll get chance for the wrestlers on the main show. Yep. But, uh, yeah. And there's a- but uh, Goldberg's back. Does that interest you at all? I every time somebody like that shows up, like Sting, you take Sting, and yep. oh my God, how they fucked this guy over. Yep. You know they, you know his debut match back, and they make him fucking lose. They, you know, they, like they they fucked with him so many times, and he didn't he didn't go to WWE for so many years. He was the last holdout. Of yep. all the old WCW people, because he said, I don't want to go there because I know they're going to misuse my character, they're going to misuse me, they're going to disrespect me, and they're going to fuck me. And you know what? They did all fucking four of those things. That's exactly what they did when he went back. Yep. And, and then he went... With these, these guys, they started getting to that retirement thing, and they want that last big few paychecks yep. before they fucking retire. Because they know after this, eh. There's not going to be, now I'm living off of what I've made rather than what I'm making. Exactly. You know, and I have a feeling that that's why they do it, even at the fucking risk of their legacy, even at the risk of, you know, Flair always disappointed me that he was in WWE. And I saw him get his ass whipped by fucking people that never they would have allowed to whip his ass a long time. And in TNA, which was especially embarrassing, did you see him fight Mick Foley in TNA? Yeah, but at least with Mick Foley, he's fighting Mick Foley. He's fighting another legend, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I've seen like... him take fucking losses from fucking people that just really couldn't lace his boots in WWE. Yeah. And he did it because, like, well, it's business, you know. And, 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 and the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Care a yeah. little bit about your character, you know? Jesus Christ, you've been working on this character and using this character for fucking 40 years, you know? Don't fucking let him go out as a pussy. Yeah. But uh, the thing about these old wrestlers is, yeah, they're not, they're big stars in the wrestling world, but they're not big enough stars to do things outside of the business. So they kind well, of, if they want to do anything relevant, they don't really I always, have to like, I looked at, I look at friggin' Roddy Piper. Now, Roddy Piper was a great actor. Yep. And uh, They Live is a cult classic movie. Um, you know, I mean, the guy was already... He was a great actor. Look at his character. You know, he was one of the fucking best Mike people in history. I always wondered what Ric Flair would have been like if he had just tried his hand at a, a movie or two. You know, I bet the guy could have fucking acted. I 
that he could have really been a fucking actor in film. Yeah, Rick it's Steyer these, probably these muscle bound fucking idiots that drive. You're like, Hogan, you're not an actor. You know? <laughs> yeah, you see, like. You're, you're Hulk Hogan, and that's all you're ever going to see, okay, pal? Yeah. I, I, I don't think Santa with muscles would be an Oscar contender or uh, 12 rounds with John Cena or any of the movies they do now. Yeah, I mean, the only movies I end up doing are. They don't. Other than Dwayne Johnson, none of yeah, them become, wrong. you know, major motion picture stars. You know, they, they make WWE homemade movies. Like that's what Steve Austin does. That's what fucking Cena does. You know, yeah. Even Triple Steve H. Austin. Triple H. You know, they even, make like their yeah. produ- movies produced by WWE to you know like, and then they, usually they're direct to video. <laughs> yeah, but but even Steve Austin, one of the most charismatic people of all time, couldn't even have a successful movie career. So yeah, he's I another think one though. I think like he's. I, see that guy being able to act, but he's just not getting the right parts or not. He didn't take the right parts or whatever. True, you know? true. But uh, And how much room is there? How much room is there? How many fucking actors you got in Hollywood? Like, the, the sheer <laughs> amount of them. Over, over the last two or three decades, the just sheer amount of actors in Hollywood and actresses just fucking exploded. Anybody who's got kind of a pretty face, they don't have to act. Just, yeah, they don't boom, have to be good. Yeah. You're a star, you know, and, and you've got so many that you can't keep up with who the fuck they are. How yeah. many of them? You know, there's just too many, so there's a lot of competition there, and they're like, you know. Eh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, I tune into WWE every once in a while just to see. I have the network. Watching the old stuff is fun, but uh, I don't really pay attention to much of the new stuff. Yeah, well. And that seems to be the trend You're because smart. their ratings are <laughs> so bad. Because the product's so bad. Yeah, their ratings are lower than when they were being beaten up by Nitro every week at their worst. That's how bad yeah. the ratings are. No one's watching anymore. And yet, no worries because no competition. And that's what no WWE has needed for a long, long time. And TNA could have been that. It had yep. not all gotten sold. Step one, Jeff Jarrett. Selling it off to this Dixie Carter idiot. That was yeah. the worst fucking thing. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. That check was just too big and he couldn't say no. And now right. he's trying, oh, I've got Global Force Wrestling now. I'm like, hey, that, fuck you, you bullet, man. You're fucking like, you could have been the next fucking WCW giving this cocksucking McMahon a run for his money. And you think and of the roster they had. Uh, I mean, and misused fucking people, you know, that stuck in there and hung in there regardless. People like Samoa yeah. Joe and AJ Styles and, and fucking, you know, Christopher Daniels and so many fucking, Sanjay Dutt, this one, that one, the Motor City Machine Guns. I mean, like, just a fucking all-star modern, like, these should be the biggest fucking stars in the world today in wrestling, and that should have been the biggest fucking company in wrestling. It could have toppled WWE had they known what the fuck they would do. Yeah, if you look around 2008, 2009, the roster they had, they had the veterans who really shouldn't have been wrestling anymore, kind of like the Kevin Nashes of the world, but then you had guys like Kurt Angle who were still in his prime, then you Mm -hmm. had guys like AJ Styles who were like the next generation. It it was perfect. Good, and then they brought in Vince Russo. That was a huge fucking mistake, bringing that piece of shit I thought it was great. No, he, it, cocksucker couldn't write his way out of. He couldn't write his way out of a paper bag. He had. I listened to a lot of like Jim Cornette interviews. 
He oh, yeah, so do I. He's hilarious. He, he wants his fucking head on a platter, and he's like, this fucking piece of shit. He doesn't care about the business. He doesn't care about... He has nothing. He's like, almost like McMahon, but even worse, where he's got nothing but contempt for the business. Yeah. You know, he wants to be a TV writer, you know? <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about wrestling, and he, so, he and doesn't know anything about it either. He has no yeah. right to be there. So TNA brings him in. And then it, that makes it go even more to fucking hell. And then they bring in Hogan, and Hogan's just all about his own fucking ego. Oh, brother. You know? So, you know, that, that was a lot of the problem with Hogan. Like, uh, really, behind the scenes in WCW, as successful as NWO was and all that shit, a lot of people behind the scenes, there was a lot of strife, a lot of locker room shit, a lot of fucking shit management, office shit that was going on. It was a lot of the oh. reason that went, let, led to its toppling, of, you know was Hogan came in and basically just took over. Yeah, TNA and did, was... And then, the, he did the, then he did the same thing in TNA. Now, I think he did some good things for TNA, and he did some good things for WCW, but the problem with Hogan is he did not fucking work and play well with others. Yep. So, you know, that's a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that to know about what has gone on in the world of wrestling, and, you know, but it, all of this equals, like, the WCW and that getting blown to hell because of this kind of shit, and TNA, the same fucking shit, and now you've got this goddamn, you know, Walt Disney fucking putrid product, WWE, with no competition. Yeah. Have you uh, watched TNA at all recently? Have you seen what the Hardys are doing? No. I know about this shit, though. I, like, I watched a couple of things. I watched a thing on YouTube, that final bleach and shit. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, you're just as stupid as WWE now. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> you completely veered off from wrestling entirely. <laughs> but compared to some of the shit that we do in e-fitting, I mean, that was just tame. One of the things that they have to stop doing in wrestling altogether, stop fucking taking these guys that are like 40 fucking years old, you know, my age, and been around for 15, 18 fucking years, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, they just have a brand new personality, like Matt Hardy, you know? What the fuck is that? You know, do it with a new character that just showed up that we don't know, that we've never seen before. That makes it more believable that this guy is insane and it's like this. Yeah. You know? Don't take an old character and then all of a sudden, well, you know, remember Matt Hardy? Version 2, yeah, okay, he's like this now. And, and expect us to, like... The whole thing is suspended disbelief. That's what you're supposed to be getting from wrestling. Yeah. And it's so hard to get that when it's like, I, I know Matt Hardy. He's not, that's not Matt Hardy. He's not, I know he's not nuts. I know he's not. No. Bring in somebody new. Find a new talent that can really work it that you don't know and haven't seen before. And that makes you, that makes that character memorable because it's somebody like new, you know, like. And it's, it's not like it's short common of common sense. And, yeah. I, you know, like, just do it right. Do it right. Don't try to fucking, like, and stop with this Hardy's boy shit. I fucking hate the Hardys anyway. TNA has been relying on these fucking assholes for so fucking long. Remember that fucking pay-per-view when Jeff Hardy was supposed to fight Sting? Yep. And he showed up drunk off his fucking ass. This is a pay-per-view. He was actually high. High as a kite, drunk, whatever the fuck was going on, and had to just lay down and have Sting pin him. 
you got a whole fucking arena there of people going like bullshit, bullshit, everything like that. People, you know, I think people even got refunds out of the deal. Well, the people One, got the, in free people because at, people it's TNA. At, yeah, people, at, people that pushed for it got refunds. And yet he's still working for TNA? That should have yep. been his fucking career, you know? It's like, fuck the Hardys. Fuck Jeff Hardy especially. But I think he's cleaned himself up, though. I don't care. I never liked him anyway. You're just a walking tattoo. That's all you are. You have no charisma. The you know charismatic enigma. Tell me the charismatic part. He doesn't fucking have any mic skills. He doesn't say shit. Where's the charisma come from here, folks? I'm sorry. You want charisma? Go back again, thirty years. Macho Man, Randy Savage, fucking Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Those people had charisma. John Cena. R- fucking Rick Rude, Jake Roberts. You know. The yeah. fucking Road Warriors. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, anybody who was anybody back then had charisma. This tag it, yeah. you don't have charisma. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of the old he can, guys... He can do a swanton bomb. Like, well, you and every other fucking asshole in the goddamn wrestling ring today, you know? It's... Yeah. Like, huh. uh, you you can tell, though, even when you watch Raw, that the older talents are in a class of their own. Like, when you see The Undertaker on Raw... And then in the next segment, you you see, like, Seth Rollins come out. You could see such a clear difference in just charisma and ability between the two to engage yeah, the crowd. Course. I know, yeah. And, you know, and The Undertaker, he, he doesn't even have to, you know, lift the fucking arm anymore, and he gets more of a pop from the crowd because he's The Undertaker. Yeah, and Jericho is really good on Raw when I see him. Yeah, well, he's like an older, more older school talent himself, you know. Jericho exactly. Comes back, he goes back to the, the day, you know, of like when wrestling was good. Yeah, you can tell that he's just in a different league than the newer talents. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think what they're doing with NXT is pretty good, though. Some of the stuff they're doing there. I don't know if you've heard of Shinsuke Nakamura. He's down there. Uh, no, no, really, but I I know NXT and I know that yeah some of those guys are ending up there now. Like Basically, Joe. the yeah. entire TNA main event scene circa 2012 is down there. It's you mainly just because they got nowhere else to go. Anymore. Pretty much. I mean, without got... taking a major step back in life, working the fucking indie circuit. And, shit, you and know, I where find are they really... gonna go? They're gonna go work yeah. for McMahon. But I find it weird that they've got, like, Austin Aries and Bobby Roode, who are both, like, 40 years old, in developmental. I just find that really weird. Yeah. They've already been the guys. They're, these guys are fucking... Been, they're, they're better stars than anybody you've had. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they, they were the top stars in TNA, and that's when TNA was good. And, like, you know, they... Yeah. they're. That's a fucking insult. I don't even know why they're putting up with that shit. But like, then they've got Roman Reigns up on the main roster getting booed out of the building when he's supposed to be the baby face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing anymore. No, but... Uh, it's like yeah. John Cena, you know, John Cena. He's supposed to be like the new, you know, uh, today's Hogan, you know, like perpetual good guy. Everybody believes him. I hate John Cena's guts. A lot of people do. Nobody ever hated Hulk Hogan back in the day. You know, like, even if you weren't a fan of Hogan, 
you didn't hate the guy. You had to admit he was a cool character and all that. Even when you were rooting for Savage to beat him up at WrestleMania Five, you still didn't have that big of a problem with Hogan. I hate John Cena's guts. You know? Yeah. That's what they do now. They put characters out there that are like, hey, love this guy. And they're like, no. <laughs> I have more sense than that. He's a, yeah, you know. we'll, we'll decide as the viewers who we want to cheer for. Yeah. But uh, I think they've done some good things. AJ Styles, for one, world heavyweight champion. I thought that was really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that guy certainly worked for it, you know. Yeah, exactly. I was but, never that big of a style, AJ Styles fan, but I definitely recognize his talent. And Yeah, he deserves whatever he gets. Yeah, I am a huge AJ Styles fan. Probably my favorite active wrestler right now. Yeah, I... Uh, me, Austin Aries. I fucking love Austin Aries. Austin Aries is pretty good, too. He's fucking awesome. He, like, he just, great moves, great in-ring skill. He's got intensity to him. He's almost like a Paul Orndorff intensity to him. Um, he's got style. I like, you know, the capes that he wears and all that kind of shit. Like, he, he needs to be built up to, this is a guy that could be built up to a Ric Flair stat, status, I think. I really think that with with Austin Aries. If he was handled right and, you know, got his own shit together a little bit more and, you know, a little bit more confidence and everything like that, like, yeah, you could have definitely another, like, a, maybe the next Ric Flair with Austin Aries because he's not that big. Well, neither was Flair, no. you know? So there you go, you know? Yeah. Work but, it with uh, the mic more, work it with the mic more and all that. That's something they should all be doing more, even the guys that were talented like Bobby Roode and him and AJ Styles and all those guys. Yeah. None of them, none of them are good on the mic the way that they were 25 years ago. Oh, yeah, you could tell. Like, the TNA the 15, guys were never yeah. as good on they, the mic. I mean, even the ones that are okay, even the ones that can carry it, you know, that's all they're doing. They're carrying it. They're not, like, it's not like it used to be, you know, the whole... There are ones that the newer guys can't do it at all, but the ones like that can kind of like AJ Styles and etc. He's still not doing it. You know, like develop some kind of style, even if it's a quirk, even if it's a fucking personality quirk. Yeah, incorporate that, you know, so that your character is memorable. They have this quirk, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Don't don't just just don't don't just talk. Don't just talk. You know, like Flair had you know woo and Savage. He acted the way he did and Piper. You know, (laughs) like. Total blatant loudmouth, and that's what you do. You're, you're trying to create a fucking cartoon character. A persona a like uh, that just reminds me of uh, on the WWE Network. I saw this vignette from the '80s, and it was where Ricky Steamboat went to Japan to become a ninja. And he went in, he beat up all these ninjas, and that was part of his character that he he went and became a ninja in Japan or something. It was Yeah, I don't quite remember that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember well, when they shouldn't. bought him. I remember in the early 90s when they brought him back. As just They wouldn't say his name because that was WWE back then, but they was, he was the dragon. Oh, And they had the him dragon. in that fucking get-up. They had him in that get-up, and he'd show up in a dragon suit, you know, kind of thing, and blow fire through this thing. And, you know, that's when yeah. It, they, they, that was the cartoon era, you know. Yeah, exactly. They were, they were deep in the cartoon era at that point. Yeah. And even then, it was better, you know? Wrestling was just better, even then. Even during the fucking career, even when you were starting to get your intelligence insulted seriously, you were still more entertained than you are today. 
me. Then you were pissed off. I'm old, guys. Yeah, you know, I'm old. Like that. Yeah, yeah. PT's, uh, PT's an older guy, everyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I am, and you know what? I'm glad I am because I got to live through the era of everything was a lot better. Music was better. Movies were better. Cartoons were better. TV was better. Wrestling was better. Everything in this country was fucking better back in my day. <laughs> Everything today sucks. <laughs> and that's, I don't oh, care. Wow. Don't fucking argue with me about it. It just is. <laughs> sucks. <laughs> well, that's that then. <laughs> yeah. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to e-fetting. Enough of this fucking. Yeah, know. we'll return there. Yeah, because I have no idea. I don't know if I'm, uh, I don't know, I have no idea what Erickson's going to end up doing when he comes back, if he's just going to be a regular wrestler, whether he's going to come back, I don't know, as like PT's enforcer or something. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of... maybe uh, we could do it like tag team, maybe, because um, I put up this thread recently after, because Masquerade, the pay-per-view that we just went through, was, yep. and everybody knows it, I just pointed it out, but everybody agreed. You know, it was a fucking disaster. Um, really? The Fed, yeah, the Fed's going through a kind of a dark period right now. Where there's no real direction. Uh. Um, nothing's really going on. There's no feud going on. There's no real storylines going on. And Everyone's just kind of coasting along. Yeah. It, it, to be fair, the last show, the, it, there was a lot of uh, problems. Um. There was a lot of problems with the writing of the show. So it, was, it, was, it was really late, and, you know, Rob ended up fucking passing out on his laptop and losing, like, half of the fucking main event and all this kind of oh, stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, he, you know, went through, so he had to rewrite a lot of stuff, and then on top of it, they there was this chick that joined the Fed, and she was just so funny. I saw her, I was just like, yeah, you got washed out fucking written all over you. Well, they decided to let her write two matches. Well, of course, she flaked out, never showed up to write the match. So they had to scramble yep. to write those at the last. Well, I'm like, uh, but uh, so you were looking to get more storylines in the Fed, basically. Yeah, and also I suggested I'm like, let's try to get a tag division going, you know, because yeah, cause... that will help the the matches a lot. It'll make great matches. Tag matches are great. Yeah, it'll make you know. things more interesting. Because I remember as ICW booking 10 singles matches for every fucking show. Every show. And it, 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 to me also, it's just like in real wrestling, it's a, it's a part of wrestling that needs to come back. You know, we've got to bring tag teams back. Yep. And especially in the case of this shit, people can work off of each other. It's so much easier to work off another person than try to sit there every week and just think of some role player doesn't yeah. mean anything. It's very, you know, singular, and it's just about your character. It doesn't, you're not working off anybody else. It's more interesting for the reader. It's more fun for you if everything, if everybody's just working together to make stories. That's, yeah. how, this, that's how this game should be. I remember and, reading once, and I agree with it, that a lot of people don't go into tag teams because they find it difficult to trust someone else with their character and trust someone else to write a quality role play every single show. Yeah. So. I'm understandable enough, but, like, really, what are you fucking worried about? It's just a game, you know, here. Which you're like, hey, it might just fucking work. Don't be, don't, you know. Yeah. 
I, I remember back in fucking CW, there was this guy that came in, and uh, it was that fucking, he's been around too. He was around with Fed Wars and shit. He showed up and everything. BJO13 was always his friggin' hand learning. Yep. I think um, I remember him. Yeah. And uh, so he brought a character in the, like, into CW. And there I was, you know, at the time. I said, you know what, I'm going to fucking... I ended up uh, forming a tag team with him. And I said, okay. I'm going to help you, you know. Like, here's a guy who's, you know, of course, he's not, you know, half the fucking writer that I am. But he was good. He was all right. He was a good, yep. decent, decent role play. So I used his character in my role play, and I'm just trying to help, because his character was very bland and, you know, and stale, and just didn't have any real personality. No, there was no personality. So I used his character in a role play with this other character of mine that I was, you know, and then, uh, so I get a PM from him later on, like, uh, well, you know, my uh, character wouldn't have said this, and he wouldn't have said that. And have, well, what would he have said? Because the last fucking four role plays I've read with you, he doesn't say fucking anything. I'm trying to give your fucking asshole a personality. Yeah. You can't write worth a shit, you know, and you're shitting all over me here. I'm pushing you, asshole. I'm the top guy in the set. I'm trying to help you, you know, so... I got yep. that bullshit from this idiot. Yeah. But, you know, like, in RSW, we're all on the same fucking kind of plane here. We know what's going on. Everybody knows the Fed storylines when they're going on and stuff like that. Like, it shouldn't be a big problem. Like, everybody no. pair, pair off, form a tag team, work off of each other. Yeah. And, and like, you know, and then eventually when you get tired of working each other, have that meltdown, you know? Have the tag have team that, meltdown. Have the meltdown, and then you can, and then you got a feud. You know, it's like Jesus Christ, that's self set up for writing for the next fucking year if you play this right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like uh, instead of sitting in there every week trying to like, well, oh, what did my character do today? Let me see if I can write about what my character did today. That's what if you're not working with anybody, that's what you're really reducing a lot of. Yep. Yeah. And that's I've what makes in... people get bored, and that's what makes people leave. Yeah. Exactly. I've been in e-fetting, but I've been in e-fetting for off and on for about six years now, and I have never, ever seen a, a remotely successful tag team division, ever. It might happen for a couple of weeks here and there. It'll be, it'll be competitive, but it, it's always just fallen apart. I've never seen a, a successful tag team division, ever. It's hard to to do it because everybody's got that natural instinct to want to be individual. Um, yep. And uh, yes, I'm guest too. SB <laughs> show up. SB Um. But yeah, that's the thing. And also, it's like, again, it's like too much of the fucking modern wrestling influence. How many of these guys are in their twenties here? You know, and it's like all they know. Well, what's a, a lot of them are probably like, what's a tag team? You know, I know once in a while, you know, that they have a match where a couple of guys, you know, form a team and they they, they slap hands and they do that. What the hell is this, really? Yeah. Tag team division. It used to be a big thing in wrestling, you know. I don't think it's ever been a big thing in e-fetting, but that's something that can definitely Not as big as it it should have been. Yeah. Uh, who is, uh, looks like we have someone in the chat, finally, uh, SB Jackson 92 Who is that? SB? 
You remember yeah. Straight Bala? Yes. Yeah, that's him. He just came back himself. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah, maybe about a week before you did. <laughs> Interesting. Looks yeah. like everyone's coming back. Next thing, Paul Erickson is going to be doing a run-in. <laughs> no, no. I Trent McMire, that, but, Jack Sullivan, but, CWE Invasion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I doubt that. You're going it's way back. You're in the way back machine there, bro. Yeah, none of you have ever heard of these people. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, let's be back. And, uh, and we've been talking. We might be working together, too. You know, I, I'm thinking, yeah. like, I'm going to form a stable. Like, you might be in my stable. Yeah, that would be nice. Give us something to work with. And maybe encourage <laughs> some people to team up against the stable, which I think would be nice. Dylan remembers you, dude. He just... Uh... <laughs> Wasn't an ICW. <laughs> if you were in an ICW, I I have no time for you. Uh, quite frankly, I'm let's joking. be honest. Let's be honest. Like, okay, Johnny Jackson. I don't know how long he was in bed or any. Well, he was in a few couple beds. I think. I don't know for how long at any given stretch. <laughs> yeah. SB was more like you know, not quite as extreme as uh, the fuck's his face there. The goddamn, uh, help, I can't fucking, Kirby, whatever the fuck is, uh, Dave Demented, yeah. Yeah, Dave Demented, I remember him. He's still active. Yeah, active, but that means he shows up on the site, that's all that guy ever was. (laughs) (laughs) He's never done much here, I mean, like, he's had a fed for a little while, a couple of times. That's where the bastards came from, actually, I'm right. Yeah. But SB was a lot like that. He was more of a hang around guy. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but, yeah, hey, Jack... he, he kept, he was, he, he did his job keeping the forums alive, you know? Yeah. Which was a lost art by the time Fed Wars came around. It was getting to be more and more of a lost art. So he, yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, he definitely, he, 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 did his, he did some yeah. role playing, you know, and stuff like that, but he definitely was there to keep the forums alive. Yeah, just hang out on the forum sort of thing. Yeah, yeah Jackson... A, no, a, a noble quest in and of itself. <laughs> a noble quest, yeah. So Jackson because was mainly the for, in the NCW. Because the forums on the Yeah, they, there are no forums on the <laughs> Well, yeah, I checked a couple... I, I checked them a little while ago, and I was going to start posting things and participating, and then I realized, well, no one else is participating. Well, I mean, when you got one active Fed, what the fuck is the point? Oh. Yeah, you might as well just talk in the Fed. That's a lie. I, I was saying, like, a, a year ago, you know, at least, I was saying, like, you know, the site should just be RSW. Like, let's just start, stop bullshitting ourselves. Like, this is a NEFED management system here that people, you know, it's not working, guys. It's the only site is RSW. Just make a whole damn site. Well, I don't know about that. I think having, I think they're the other Fed that's Quite active. A few what people do you think agree it was? With, you know, uh, you know. Quite a few people agree with me, though. Really. Just call a spade a spade, you know? But I think if people want to set up a Fed and give them the chance to be successful, I think that's a good thing. So I like that. It is. Like, uh, Moonchild, you know, he's been trying to get his... He's got another uh, concept Fed going on there that he wants to really get rocking that, 
you know. Oh, lunar, I remember. I remember R.O.W. Lunar, lunar Championship Combat. It's like a futuristic thing where it's like it takes place on the moon and all this, you know. Yeah, I remember uh, R.O.W. I'm sure you do too. You were in it for a while, right? Which one? R.O.W. Oh, R.O.W. Oh, I John didn't. McCain was president and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. R.O.W. Yeah. I actually um, briefly, joined the Fed I, the week before it closed. I drew them up a new when map. I, yeah, I was about a month month before it closed, and that's when everybody started leaving in droves on him. Uh, and then it got to be the point where, like, I was the only fucking real person left, and I was. And I had two half role plays <laughs> written up too, and I was just so I was so deflated when I found out it closed. But I could understand why. Yeah. Well, I was all I was into it. I was definitely into it. I was. Yeah. I had plans for my ass. I was like, as I was in there as PT Merciless, and I'm like, basically, he's going to, the plan was I was going to become like John McCain's like second in command. Yep. And then eventually try to shoot for, you know, taking him out and becoming the fucking president and stuff like that. I had shit in my head that I was going to do there, but it was just Yeah, my like, plan was to become the prime minister of Canada and get involved that way because I'm Canadian and I, that would be natural. So... That was my plan. I had a couple role plays partially written. I was ready to go, and then it shut down. Yeah. Well, like SB saying there, people got tired of writing events and CWO trying to take credit. I never understood why he... One of the things that I told Moonchild then, and I would still say to him to this day, is like, why are you fucking around with WECW? should have just concentrated on ROW. I know you were trying to expand this universe, but... You know, the owner of the other Fed was an idiot, and you couldn't do it, you know, and you were stretching yourself too thin, and I said probably where half the fighting, the infighting that came with Bastrix and everything happened from, uh, you know, just trying to do all of this. Yeah. I think he just should have concentrated on his own Fed and, like, fuck WECW. But, you know? uh, uh, Moonchild, if you ever want to bring back ROW with a potential President Trump, uh, I am game. I will definitely be there. So uh, just throwing that out there. <laughs> My whole stance on the concept feds anymore is basically like, you know, if I'm going to do creative writing to that degree, and I'm really not doing wrestling writing, I'm wrestling writing here is just it's a hobby and stuff. But if I'm going to do any yep. creative writing, I'm going to be fucking doing it to try to make some money off. <laughs> true, true. Try, try to sell a fucking book. I don't care if it's a children's book or something. I really, that's what I'm going to do. Doing it here is pointless. And there are guys like they're talented. Like I've I've told Bastrix, the Allen there, I'm like, dude, you know, like you're talented. You got a fucking ideas up the ass. Like we should really collaborate and try to make some fucking money and sell some, you know, stories. Yep. If you see the shit that's on the bookshelves today, oh you know, God, yeah, it's it's. It, untalented people, you know, just writing crap and it's getting, you know, like 50, 50 shades of gray and all this shit. You know, come on, you know, like we, the world is starving for some real literature, you know, some good action and, and you'll always sell that stuff, action, adventure, sci-fi, whatever have you, but doing it yeah. here is pointless. Doing it on this is pointless. I like, keep it to the wrestling, I keep it to the role-playing and the e-fetting because I know I'm not going to make money doing this anywhere else, so that's what makes it just a hobby, you know? Yeah, but I like the idea of having the concept feds. I really do. Uh, I just think it's something different. It allows people to express their creativity maybe 
who aren't able to write out a full-length book or something like that, but... Uh, yeah, or have a good enough job do, where it's not that urgent to them. <laughs> to just don't have the that. time. But, uh, yeah, I love the idea of the concept feds, especially if it's something I'm interested in. There was another uh, on Fed Wars. There was a World War II fed, I think, at one point or something that I really wanted to join, and then it shut down the week before I joined, the the, the week I was going to join, and... No, you know, I think that probably was, was it ended up being Steampunk City. Yeah, Jackson. that was it. That was Jackson. Yeah, that, 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 that's it the started, one. it started out as a World War II thing. And then Bernie, his ingenious soul, came in, and he's just like, all right, we're doing this World War II shit. And then he just brought this thing in where he, uh, there was this, device that, you know, was discovered by some soldiers in the field in World War II, like in, you know, outside of friggin' Warsaw or something like that, whatever. Yeah. And it transported everybody to this, to the steampunk world. And then it became Steampunk City. And then, you know, it was like me, Bernie, and Jack, and we're just writing this. And, you know, I finally convinced Jack, like, never mind the matches. No more, because he had to, like, fight, you know, like, it was not matches, but fight. You would just meet up uh, and start fighting each other. Let's just fucking write here. Let's just fucking write, and the events will just be there to just, you know, like, catch up on what the hell we've written. We were writing some unbelievable great stuff. You know, three creative guys just, like, diving in and just doing some great, like, you know, this is shit you could sell. Because the steampunk thing, like, there are people out there that are just apeshit over it, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's one of the things I brought up to Bastard. You know, we could bring the, you know, would everything I've written with Steampunk City, you know, we could refashion it, whatever like that, make it marketable, and we could, you know, roll. But, uh, yeah, that was a great time with that. that, that. Yeah. And then, always... and then one day, Jack, characteristic is fuck with that guy. Just, boom, didn't show up. Disappeared. Disappeared, never showed up again. Yeah. You know, out Not of the Jack. fucking blue. No explanation, no nothing. Stop showing up. And I'm like, what the fuck? We've been writing this great shit. Ah. But, uh, yeah. I hate people that do that. At least, you know, spare the time for one post and say, God, I got to go. <laughs> you know, I got some <laughs> real shit. I got some shit going down. I can't be here anymore. Okay. Exactly. But uh, I've done that before. So I understand. Oh, I have two in, like, a regular set. This was something where it was just, like, it was three guys writing some great shit, you know, together. Exactly. It, was, it wasn't the same thing. It was just, like, being a role player in a fed and then just flaking out and not showing up again. That happened to me. But, you know. What can you do? Yeah. But uh, I'm looking forward to the whole RSW thing. Uh, great fed. <laughs> But uh, a lot of yeah. talent in there. I don't think I'll ever be world champion material, but maybe mid-card champion or something like that. That would be fun. I don't see where you couldn't shoot for the world championship. Ah, uh, just depends. Because there's been periods where I've written good shit, but it, I can never make it last. Like, I'll pump out something really good one week, and then the next week I can't follow up. So. Oh, yeah, I, I hear you there. It's just a matter of time and frames and etc. But, uh, yeah. But I, I mean, putting out that, if you find yourself, like, you're in the championship match, you know, for that match, like, 
Okay. I'm yeah, going to do go my best shit and get the title, you know? And even if I lose it, you know, next fucking event, I'm happy, you know? Yeah. I'm on that, I'm on that list. <laughs> well, well, that was me in CWE. I won the thing from your character who didn't role play. Um, and then I held it for six weeks, and I lost it in my first ever titled event, in my first ever title defense. So, <laughs> yeah. Then the second world title I held was in UCW. My opponent didn't roll. My my opponent again didn't role play, and the Fed closed right after. So, that's my world title history, folks. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you had it for a good six week run there, which that's unheard of now. Yeah, that was, least, I think you know, that was the worst to that point. It's unheard of in RSW. It's like you have a championship, you get the championship, you're probably fucking, you're putting it on the line every damn event. Really? And again, it, yeah, it, again, this year is where the WWE influence comes on. Yeah. I personally, I'm like, just let somebody have the fucking thing for a while and not sweat about it. You know, like I personally, I think it should be just like it used to be in WWF. WWF back F. in the day, yeah, where, you know, Hogan never defended his fucking title except at the paper, like four times a year, maybe like a couple of times in between on Saturday night's main event or something, it'd be a big, oh, title's online, it's a big deal. And then you know, it, was, this, it was a big deal. Yeah, this, you know, every event, the fucking title's on, well, this next event, my title's not on the line, that's nice. It's just a regular match against whoever, and uh, that's cool. And uh, Jack, but the way it's been, the way the way it's been, like since I've been back in RSW, it just seems like the world champion has to fucking defend the thing every fucking anarchy, you know, the regular show anarchy. Yeah, and uh, Jackson says in the chat that they only run a show every three weeks. Is that true? Well, it's a (laughs) it's a weekly. Fed, you know, well, actually, it's it's like a monthly Fed masquerading as a weekly. <laughs> okay. Because what it happens is like, it, here's what goes down. You got a week to role play. Okay. Yep. Well, the week usually gets extended to two weeks, okay. and then the sh- and then the writing for the show usually gets extended by a week anyway. So yeah. it usually it ends up being a three week affair. Ah. Uh. What would you think of a proposal to, like, maybe uh, for the weekly shows, limit the matches to summaries? Or maybe a couple paragraphs for the weekly shows. You know, I'd rather, I, 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 you know, honestly, because the writing is so good in this uh, Fed and that there's, there's so many talented people that jump in and, and write shows and, or write uh, matches and stuff like that. Like, a lot of people take a match, you know? Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's, a, it's a communal. It's a communal effort. So I'd rather wait for a good show rather than like uh, summaries and all that shit. Because you know what? It, we're all kind of busy, and it, it really it just has worked out this way for us. It works out in such a way that you can it can be done. Yeah. Instead of having nothing, instead of having a Fed that needs to close because it's just too much of a pain to rob the ass and everything else, we can we can do. It. Rob yeah. is a really, really busy guy in real life. He runs his own business. He's in a band. He's got this going on. He's got that going on. And he ends up writing a good portion of the fucking shows. Yeah. And, has to read, and he's the owner. So he has to read all the role plays. He has to 
does the matches, all of this stuff. I give the guy nothing but fucking credit for doing this at all. Oh, yeah. Like, having run you know. a fed, I mean, it's, it's, so it's hard, show, especially when show, you have good people. Yeah. So if the show, one show a month is one show a month. But the spirit is still floating, and we're still all just going on. But what about something like where uh, for the for the shows they just do shorter matches, the weekly show, and put a word limit on the role play. You only have to post one, but if you want to post five, you can. So you could do one of your marathon role plays if you want to, just split it up into multiple parts. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the only thing with the shows, I'll say, is that if, if any adjustment that needs to be made, uh, like, don't shorten the the big match. Oh, no, of course not. Shorten shorten that first match, you know. Shorten, shorten that second. like, Bill and Erickson versus you know, whoever. Whatever, you know, like, whoever. I mean, yeah, these people role-played, too, and they deserve a match. Um, But I would rather see, like, the match part of it, you know, shortened and more of, like, the aftermath. Yeah. The Bush storylines. The Bush storylines. So he's like, you got Sean Washington versus Ken Howard. All right? The match yep. doesn't need to be that long. But if you, whatever develops afterwards, someone gets beaten that down. In, you know, and that's something that's not really done much at all in this set. It's like adding stuff afterwards to make something, you know, carry for these characters. So they mainly so, just. So the way the matches work is they they mainly just wrestle and then they move on to the next one. Yeah, match, boom, here's one, so-and-so defeated, and then on to the next segment or match. And it's not like Rob should be the one writing the segments. It's, you know, I remember in ICW, I always had uh, segment slots in between matches. So wrestlers, people on the roster, could send in a segment to go after their match or something. Yeah. And... I think and, uh, I think that would be another really good thing is if people want to send in segments, which I'm sure is allowed. Like don't I mean fun. don't misunderstand. This is a Fed that's always put out phenomenal shows. Oh yeah, of course. You just look at but, the talent. Yeah, you know, and again, a lot of people are writing, you know, uh, different things and everything. People are submitting segments, all that stuff. Very active Fed. But some more. Story shit needs to be well. They they're recognizing that now, and now it's like uh, you know Alan Bassett series just recently like you know when we started just making doing some segments. The main writers of the show, in other words, the management, the owners, you know, start well just use you in the segment and just see you know where you want to go. Yeah, you know, like uh, or we'll throw we'll throw you a curveball, you know, like maybe you get fucking you know attacked by somebody or whatever like that, and then yeah, you can roll with that which I think is a great idea, Yeah, giving people yeah. some ideas. I was trying to do an old-school segment type of thing. It was with a character that I've got that uh, uh, it was called the Smacktorium, where the host, and, you know, I would I wrote, you know, a couple of them. Yeah. Where, um, the last one I wrote was Sean Washington, who was Scotty Adams' character, and Chris Gibson shows yeah. up, and he's just like, what are you doing in my Fed kind of thing, and beats him down. Well, my the whole intention was to give these guys something to work with. Like, Sean, he's just bringing in this character. Now, boom, he's got a ready-made few. Gibson beat yeah, him down. And, and that was my you problem know? in so many feds is I never but had But nobody ran with it. Nobody ever ran with it. Yeah. Neither party ran with it. You know, it was just like next show, next role plays that came up. Like, nothing was mentioned. Nothing was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I tried helping you guys, but, you know, to get something going. But, you know, I mean, Gibson doesn't need much help. He's been in here a while, and he doesn't need it to help with Washington. They're both good role players, kind of on the same level. Made sense to me, like, get get a feud going with these guys. Fire it up, and that's what that segment was, you know, in, in interview segment where that goes down and that, 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 that and, you know, but, uh, okay. Yeah, like Jackson said in the chat that people could be more ambitious in coming up with storylines and message others when I, with ideas. And that was something that was really useful to me back in CWE. Like, I exchanged a lot of PMs with uh, Paul Erickson because we were half-brothers in storyline, and we would talk about where we were yeah. going with that. And I know we exchanged a lot of PMs, <clears throat> too. Well, you know, there was a certain... Uh spirit to that fed that, that really isn't the same as it is here. Yeah. But you know, I think in it, any fed, like just if you have an idea with someone else's character, like if I were to read a Mark Force role play and go, holy shit, I think I could really, you know, jump in on this. Send him a PM, right? Yeah. And the worst thing he's going to say is no. Right. So. Well, I, but after the last show, I put up a, you know, one of my fairly long-winded uh, threads saying, like, you know, let's figure out some shit we can do here, you know? And I got a few PMs from people saying, like, yeah, man, I'd like, let's start a feud. Or, yeah, like, you're starting a stable? Yeah, I want to be in your stable. Or, let's start, you know, form a tag team. Let's do this. Okay? Yeah. Opening up that dialogue and just getting stuff uh, going on yeah, I think Dylan Erickson and PT Merciless need to team up and start start fucking some shit up. Uh, maybe get some people motivated. <laughs> I'm kidding, uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, but I, uh, I just think that uh, it, there needs to be a certain uh, story storylines in this Fed need to start pro- popping up. On like an overarching storyline. Yeah, you know, like you take the the one thing I bitch about a lot. It's Rob and Billy and, and Mark are nocturnal. Yep. And, uh, they're a stable, and the stable comes from uh, Wrestle Wars, which was Dave Demented's fed, and yep. they pretty much didn't have any competition whatsoever there. And they so they basically, they just do like these movie parody comedy things, you know. And that's all great, you know. It's, they're entertaining role plays and all that shit. However... You guys are supposed to be like the NWO, Four Horsemen, whatever kind of stable in this bed, the badasses. You know, they're just they're wearing T-shirts and jeans and kind of whipping out the sticks. Well, but they don't have any enemies, you know? Yeah. And, and the bastards have been there for months now. And, like, they still don't have a few. They still don't and have an enemy. And nothing exactly. is going on there. It's just, just doing these movie role plays, you know, and that's all they're doing. Like, I'm like, the NWO well, would not have been as great as it was without a guy like DDP or Sting, you know, rebelling against them, trying to... You have to have control. opposition. Otherwise, you're just, you're just reading a cute little, you know, segment, really, you know? It's like... As entertaining as it is, because they're all great writers. It's entertaining, but it's not lending to the competition of shit, you know? So they have nobody to wrestle. They have no heat. They have no feuds going on, nothing like so that. So they're the skilled, that shit. right? The Fed needs heat. The Fed needs enemies. There yeah. need to be serious fucking in-character enemies in the Fed with each other, and there aren't. 
just basically, who am I wrestling? Well, you know what? I'm going to fucking tell him why I'm better than him. You know, and that's as far as the feuds go. They don't, there's no feuds. Nobody's doing anything to each other. Nobody's pissing each other off. Nobody's, you know. I remember, I remember in ICW how many people were kidnapped and almost killed and like Jaguar's wife that one time. That was just ridiculous. I think you kidnapped her and locked her in a warehouse or something and stuck her with Darla Knight or something. So that when you stepped into that fucking ring, the person on the other end of that ring had a reason to hate your guts. Yeah. And they don't have that in this thing. They don't have that. A world championship match, typical world championship match is like, you know, Morton Davis versus Frank Windsor, and they don't even fucking acknowledge each other in each other's role plays. But, you know, it's a, there's no heat. There's no feud. There's no heat. And you need to have that. It's just a classic thing in wrestling that you just need to have and keep alive. It needs to be there to make the shows interesting. We were wondering who the fuck is going to come out on top in this match. Yeah. These guys hate each other so much. What are they going to do to each other instead of just like, well, it's a match. It's a few moves yeah, and a pin. You know? But uh, the Bastards, that's Rob Riot's stable. Are they heels? Yeah, well, um, yeah, pretty much. So if we were to do a stable, we would probably have to end up being the baby faces. <laughs> you know, I mean, in today's, you know, modern wrestling kind of ideology, you don't need good guys and bad guys anymore. You just need people that fucking hate each other. True, true. In fact, in fact, you know, four heels would fit that bill to a T, <laughs> you know, a lot better because they're already hateful people to start. Yeah. So it's not a big stretch to get them to hate each other. You exactly. know? Like faces, baby face characters, you got to prod a lot to get them to fucking hate you. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're good they're good people. They don't want to hate anybody. Oh, yeah, you look right. at a guy like Jaguar, he's just so gosh darn nice and honorable, the character, and the guy too, but you look at Jaguar, and, you know, just so nice and so honorable, and you got to do a lot to provoke the guy. With heels, it's easier because they're just assholes by nature. Yeah. And Jaguar, whose last match was at the last pay-per-view, which was the only thing that saved that pay-per-view from being a complete disaster. So Jaguar is legitimately value, retired now. Value-wise. Right? Yep, he, that was his last match. 100%? Against, against Rob Riot. Uh, I kind of would have preferred it didn't against me, but that uh, was against Rob. Good enough. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> well, Jaguar but Rob won, did, right? He, Rob did a phenomenal job writing it. Um, yeah. It was too bad he was pressed for time the way he was, and it could have been a little bit more epic in the wrestling and what happened. You know, in the rain, but, but it, was, it still, was still it was still phenomenal. It was still really, really good. Okay. But he ended it. He ended, Rob, being the great writer, he has ended it the right way. He ended it the, the way the match came about and everything. I don't think there's anybody that would disagree that that's the best match on that. Who won? See, Rob ended up winning, but it Rob was, ended up winning. It was, it was closer than shit, though. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing, though, because and it could have gone either way. From an artistic standpoint, it could have gone either way. Either Jaguar could have won, and it would have been just as, you know, great, epic, and and yeah. Or or the way that Rob did it, Rob won. But the way he wrote it, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you could you could almost well up, you know, with tears about it. But. Yeah, because he yeah, knows what he's 
Yeah, because Jaguar, the character, must be getting on like 50 years old by now. So He actually uh, is. Yeah, he's actually 50. was 50 for the match. Yeah. yeah. So, it's a shame I missed the retirement, but uh, Jaguar's a pretty busy guy, so I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Very busy guy. I don't know how he spends, devotes any time to this anymore, but he actually does. He does all. Yeah. He's done a lot of posers for RSW for the characters. Yeah, he's right, stuff that's all the time, time now. That's some time-consuming shit right there. <laughs> yeah, Jaguar did some great stuff for ICW too. I honestly think ICW had the best graphics of any Fed on Fed Wars, and Jaguar was a big part of that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. He made a mark, you know. He made a mark. He wasn't, you know. ICW didn't even have that long of a run. No, but, it didn't. But look at all the great people that came out of that, you know. Summerall, Jaguar, Dom Jacobs, is he still around? I think he's around, but I think he's been over in that Olympus set the longest time. He hasn't, ah, okay. He's never, but yeah, never there was come. a lot of great yeah. talent from ICW. David Dreadful was one that never really broke out, but he should have. Uh, he was, there was good. He was, he was good. He was definitely good. And uh, if he'd have stuck around to this day, you know, he'd be a force to be reckoned with, I think. Yeah, so much awesome talent came out of there. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I mean, we never had a huge roster, but the roster we had was just concentrated fucking talent. <laughs> yeah. It was small, but it was good. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it was good enough to be. And even, like, I remember some of the the mid-cars were really good. Oh, yeah. We had Hell's Bouncer there for a while, and near the end of his run, he started to really pick things up, which was awesome. I'm trying to think of some of the other guys we had there, because it was great. A couple of guys. There's this one guy that he's, like, on the tip of my brain that I can barely remember. Yeah. And his character was... uh, SB saying Storm. You mean uh, Tyler Storm? Yes, that's him. Hey, he was okay. He was a good. He was a mid card guy. Yeah, we had a lot of great talent, which was nice. But uh, they deserved a better Fed owner. I was never the best Fed owner, but uh, we had a good. Oh, don't say that shit anywhere. But uh, yeah, (laughs) but I'm looking forward to the new uh, to my. uh, my run in RSW should be pretty good. I think we should do the stable thing, maybe uh, maybe get something going. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I've been really busy the last couple of weeks. I've been trying to develop whatever mental, you know, uh, energy. <laughs> or whatever you've got okay. left. Yeah, like now I opened my mouth and said, okay, guys, come on, let's do this and do that and do this and do that. And everybody in the Fed's like, yeah, come on, we got to do this and do that. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, but I'm I'm kind of strapped for time right now. I don't <laughs> I don't have much time to think about this shit, but I I'm trying. But yeah, I'll come up. With it. I'll pull some shit out of my ass. I always do. Yeah, I uh, I read your role play. It seems like PT Merciless is trapped in Boston, being tracked down. I don't know about trapped. Not trapped. Well, during that role play, I guess he was. Yeah. 
that'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun if we can get it going. I think it. I think it. I think we'll really have a good time. Oh, it's always a fun fest. Oh yeah, it's a fun fest. Everybody, it, you know, makes a difference, shows up, and they do their part, and they make it fun. Yeah, the talent level is great. So. Oh yeah. I love Alrighty. Masked American. I love his stuff. Yeah, Masked American. Uh... Masked, he's awesome. He's like, I look forward to his. And he always role plays last, too, that fucker. Because I'm like, he's <laughs> one. He's a, I don't, you know, he's a guy that I look forward to most reading your shit every week. And you yeah, because. You know, like in the, the 11th hour, 11th hour, 11th hour. I'm like, Stop Oh, it sounds like that. me. Oh, yeah. He's always like last fucking minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I. In e-fetting, there were a lot of good role players, like in my experience. But there were, but the number of role players, I mean, but there were so many fewer role players that I was legitimately excited to see come out with a role play. And I'm like, holy shit, I have to read this right now. And yeah, there are, there are a lot of good role players. I have my favorites, and it's usually it's the best guys in the fed. It's like you know, Mass American, um, you know, Summer Off. Yeah, uh, you know, he occasionally he lays a turd. It, you know, the whole thing with Scott is it depends on what kind of mood he's in that week, what kind of time he's working with. Yeah. You know, it's just like he a lot of sometimes you get something phoned in from him. You know, other times you get you oh my God, this is fucking amazing. You know. <laughs> yeah, and he's a you creative know, guy. I love the one character he had with the corrupt politician, for example. I loved that character. It was only around for a few weeks. Uh, yeah, I love the He's a great. Thing. He's a great. Phenomenal character role player. He comes up with characters wonderfully. Oh yeah. You know, he always comes with great characters. He just pulls out of his ass. Like Ed Sweeten, you know, you name it. You know, he just knows how to come up with characters and stuff. Yeah, which is a very rare thing. Yeah. And then uh, so at NR Christmas, which is NR Christmas, which is the Christmas pay per view. I'm not sure. It, Biggest pay per view of the year. It's like there. This is something else I think that RSW needs to like kind of you know hash out is what is our WrestleMania? Yeah. You know, it seems like it's Anar Christmas to me, but it needs that. You know, I think it needs that. Yeah, it needs that like one like TNA... major like this is like everything's gonna fucking just come down in this one. Yeah, I think that's you one know. thing that TNA had a problem with too. Like they had Slammiversary. It's their anniversary event. It's a big celebration. It's all amazing. And then out of nowhere, they say, no, Bound for Glory is the biggest show of the year because we're saying it is. And they never really yeah. had that big season finale show. I know, I always considered it Bound for Glory. But they fell in the same trap like WWE has. Like, this is a fucking pay-per-view every goddamn month almost. Well, now yeah. they can't yeah. afford to have a pay-per-view Back in the day, it used to be like there was four a year. And every, all the storylines built up to the next pay-per-view. So you yeah. had three months straight of storylines and feuds and anger and all this shit building up to Royal Rumble. And then Royal Rumble would go down and shit would change. And then you had new feuds would, would be ignited. And then you'd have three months of the same thing. You know, just this fucking cauldron bubbling and stirring and everything until the Survivor Series showed up. And then, and then finally it all culminated at the big, big one, WrestleMania, and you had four pay-per-views a year, and it worked. WWE got greedy after a certain point, and now they're just looking for money, so it's like, oh, fuck, it's a pay-per-view every fucking 
three weeks. No, no, no. Now they have 19 a year. Yeah, that's that's insane, you know? That's fucking insane. What the fuck does any of these fucking... You tell me what individual pay-per-view means a goddamn thing when you have that many. Well, it's because they split up the rosters again. So SmackDown has seven of its own, and Raw has yeah. seven of its own, and I guess there's five that they share or something. So What? Yeah. But anyway, back they, to... They need to just go back 20 years and just start again. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, RSW, I'm pretty sure, like, Eric, Christmas, big one. It's the big one. So, it's the big one? I guess I'm facing Nocturnal there because, you know... He wants to face me. I guess Martin told Rob, he's like, I've never faced DT. And our, those two characters of ours, anyway, never have. He's right. Yeah. I don't think I've ever faced PT Merciless in a one-on-one match. I fought other characters of yours. Well, you have, but I didn't show up. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, much appreciated. That's how you got the championship, remember? That's how I won the championship. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever fought PT Merciless either, so maybe I need to shoot a PM to Rob Riot. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh so you're gonna be facing Nocturnal. Oh, we're we're gonna be allied for a while first. For a little while. It'll be fun. What I was thinking is this, was like maybe that we could be the foil to the bastards. Maybe we could be that. Well that's what I was thinking. And I can too. like I've because I ended up being allies with Rob Riot, which was a big thing because he and I were like bitter enemies for a long time. Then you were friends. Then we became friends. I'm thinking, like, maybe out of the blue. Enemies again, and then the and then the bastards have, and then, like, five form a stable, and, you know. Yeah. I've even no... three, three guys of my own, you know, like me, you, and, you know, maybe SD here, or whatever like that, and then you got those three on the other side, and then, boom, you know, we got a fucking big thing. Yeah. Here. Because Maybe there's no change. organized opposition to the bastards, right? I think that was one thing that Jackson was mentioning that there's no, uh, and that you were mentioning is that there's no foil for the bastards. They've just been kind of running rampant and doing their own thing. Yeah, they are. They have been. So and really I, you know, I think, and then a lot of that, I think, is also, it's, you know, it, it, it goes back on those guys, you know, in real in character, you know, or out of character, it goes back on those guys. are not trying. They're not trying to. They're writing some funny shit and you know and all that, but they're not trying to like pick up some you get some heat going in this set, which I think you know, you poised yourself as the kind of characters that are, you need to be doing this, you know. Because yeah. other than like on the other side, you got like people like Shane Mitchell and Morgan Davis and Mass American, but those are all your fucking major people in this set. These are all your biggest stars. You six guys, you know, and you, you know, they're doing their part to try to get heat with people or whatever, get storylines going. they got their own infighting going on, so that's cool. But the Bastards definitely need to get something going on. Yeah. I think Shane Mitchell's done a great job of getting his cast of supporting characters together, for example. Yeah, he seems to be just, he's a great storyline leader without even trying, really. (laughs) It's like people kind of, (laughs) like, he's got such an obvious character for it, the evil uh, priest. You know, yeah. I mean, storylines just fall out of all over around this guy, you know, without him really having to try. I mean, it's the kind of character it is. But fortunately, he's a good, really good writer himself. And, you know, and then 
Summer off yeah. runs with that ball, and Masked American has been working with them. And, you know, you've got guys but like something that that's even great. better than working with your own cast of characters is getting to work with someone else's. So I think that's yeah. something we can work on. Right. So. so, yeah, so, you know, it should be good. Things are looking up in the next few weeks here and everything like that. I don't know if this is going to be the, the final um, RSW event on this site. But it probably will be because they've been announcing the move. I read that they it, wanted to yeah. by Thanksgiving, I think, Jaguar said or something at one point. Yeah, by the which end means of the year. that, yeah, this, this will be the last event on this site. So, it, And is everything getting saved or does it all have to be... Well, I brought this up in I I brought this up in the you know a thread on the forum that like uh, are we losing everything here and uh, I just think that you know Rob and Alan have a hell of a lot of copying and pasting to do if they're gonna fucking save these past events and everything which they should because we had to do that when G Fed closed and we had to do it when Fed closed. Yep, I see a lot I of ICW yeah, stuff. I had I spent. Hours and hours just saving my shit, you know. Yeah. Oh, so did I. I developed severe OCD from saving those 136 role plays, making sure they were all saved and preserved. Yeah, and I had mess. to then. I, I never. It. I wrote my shit right on the site directly back then. In both. Oh, same. I I never saved any of it. I wrote it well, right this in one, the box. Yeah, this one you can't. I and I don't recommend it. Don't bother because the thing times you out. Oh, does it? Oh yeah, E-Fed Zone times you out. If you spend, you know, you you've got about mm, two hours, which may be all you need, but you got about two hours, and then you go to post a role play, and it's like, oh fuck, I'm signed out. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that happened to me like a couple of times. Thank God, I always just as a, I I just save the shit on a notepad, you know. Well, I do mine on Google Docs, which is online, and it saves yeah. as you go. Virtually every word you type, it saves and saves and saves. So even yeah. if your computer crashes, you go back and it's exactly <coughs> where you left off. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I use now. I've got a page and a half, like I said, ready to go. Well, I've got I've got an open office writer, which is better for writing than anyway than trying to write it on here anyway. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're going to want to probably use that or something like that. Like, if you're going to take too long, because it does do that. Yeah, so be forewarned, listeners. <laughs> oh, they know. Anybody that's listening already knows. Well, maybe SB just came back, so maybe he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, he says he's never been timed out. But, yeah, that's happened. And they never fixed it. I was always just like, guys, fix this shit. Well, just write it on, you know, write it on a program or, you know, Microsoft Office or something. Yeah, okay, but don't you think it's still going to be fixed? In case well, somebody I would actually want recommend, to, instead of, if they don't have time to fix the problem, they could just put a note above on the role play screen saying, note, after two hours, your connection will time out and your role play in your work will be lost. Please type it in a word processor and then copy and paste it here. So they don't have to fix the problem. They just have to warn people. Well, a warning is nice, but it's a little bit more professional. It's fixed. Well, I know, but since they're getting ready to move over anyway, and they're yeah, doing I'm, all this I'm, other I'm, I'm talking a year and a half ago when I came back. <laughs> well, maybe oh. we'll... <laughs> yeah, I was like, and I was, I was like kind of ticked about it because I almost lost a fucking role play. 
Oh. And I had to re- for- I had to do some reformatting and everything. And then I, you know, I went on the forums and said, "What the fuck?" You know, there are some. Then they they got pissed at me, especially Billy, because I was bitching about it. So, well, you know, like I'm that that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh I mean I yeah. spend like three hours writing my shit, you know, I don't want to lose it. <laughs> I spent a couple hours on mine so far, even though I haven't written much of anything. Lots of thinking. And uh someone from Missouri is on the call. Who is this? Yeah. This is Joe Mama, motherfucker. I'm guessing SB because it's Missouri. Oh, really? No, no this is not SB. Uh, give me a minute. Wait give me a minute. You, is it E-Rock? Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. <laughs> How are you? Uh, what's up, bitches? Uh, not very much yourself. Uh, just hanging out, killing dragons. You know how it goes. Oh, yeah. We haven't been on a radio show together in, what, five years? SB's <laughs> in uh, Alabama. Uh, it was somewhere down south. But I think this radio show will be a lot more cordial than our last encounter. I think we've both grown up a little bit more since then. Speak for yourself. Yeah, you guys just <laughs> hate each other. What? <laughs> what was it? No, this isn't 2011. I don't hate E-Rock anymore. I'm not even sure who I'm talking to, to be honest. <laughs> I don't You're recognize the boys. Massacre Maker and <laughs> Oh, talking to the Massacre Maker, yeah. The Massacre uh, Maker. Yeah. So for... Yes, he made a massacre in his pants several occasions, if I remember On the several, uh, shit talking. Several occasions, <laughs> yes. So for those of you who are confused, I used to be known as the Massacre Maker before my character had an actual name. Yeah. And because what I is that actual name? Dylan Erickson. Yeah. Is the name. Uh, nobody remembers either. So. Nobody remembers either. <laughs> it just goes to show how memorable my character was. <laughs> oh, a lot of people do. The uh, the name Dylan Erickson is uh, ringing a bell back from uh, I want to say G Fed. Um, yep. Uh, CWE. I, I was just about to say, did you run CWE? And there you go. I didn't. I didn't run CWE, but I was there for a year and a half. It was ridiculous. That was that was, that was Paul Erickson. Okay. That was Paul yeah, Erickson. He took his name like he was in character. He was his brother. So that's I was Paul Erickson's half-brother in character, so I got the last name from Paul Erickson, and P.T. actually gave me the first name. Oh, yeah, I did. That's right. Yep, I remember, because I, I didn't have the creativity to come up with a decent-sounding name myself, because I've always sucked at actually naming characters. <laughs> I've actually I've actually always been good at coming up with character names. I just need a little something to go on. And then I yeah. can come up with a hundred million different ideas. Oddly enough, um, I'm not sure if you were uh, around for the Tucker Blaine era of my uh, writing I, career. I remember the name. I don't think I read much of the much of the stuff. Well, uh, he 
was born out of the uh out of the uh well the forums there on uh Fed Wars. Was, okay. Uh I wanna say Sam Joseph. Might be getting that name wrong. Oh nope, yeah, that's, no, you that's right. Yeah. Sam yeah, Joseph. Yeah, he came up with uh, the concept of uh, that 90s guy, similar to Mike <laughs> Awesome, but based on, like, you know, that 90s, you know, stoner, slacker, cool kind of thing. And next thing you know, I just came up with the name Tucker Blaine off of a list of pussified names, according <laughs> to George Carlin, uh stand-up that he did in, uh, I think it was 2001, shortly after 9-11. Okay. And Tucker and Blaine were on that list of like really bad names that guys should not have. So I was like, you know what? Both <laughs> of those that. names, both of those names on that list do kind of suck. But you put them together, it actually sounds like a good name. Yeah, and that's how the and that's how the Rolling Stoner was born. <laughs> so, what character do you run in RSW? Uh, I run a guy called your mom. Okay. He's, he's totally easy, gets beaten by everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh actually you want I you I right, right they now gave, they gave, I wasn't surprised surprised, but I was like I thought they were gonna fuck you, but they gave you the last match to you against the They what? Remember you you won your last match at Masquerade against Yeah, that actually kinda of surprised me considering that I only it didn't surprise me, but I did. I thought, I thought that the way they were going to do it was you weren't going to win, but I thought you should have. But I was like, eh, knowing them, they're not going to yeah. Not well, expecting think, it to happen. Well, I think uh, with the uh, voodoo twist that I've uh, been pulling with this character lately, it's a different twist on uh, E-Rock for you. Um, he's gone back to his uh, you know, hardcore you know, street gangster you know, roots, and now he's uh, been taken over by this voodoo witch doctor named Bokor Harambi. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's a voodoo angle. It might have uh, pushed D a little bit over the edge to kind of favor me. That's just pure speculation. I uh, cannot confirm or deny what his logic was for picking me on that, but hey, I'll take a win any any which way I can get it. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so many times in my career where I thought I should have won and I didn't, or I thought I deserved to lose and I won, and it, and I just thought, what the hell just happened? So, yeah, well, it's definitely working for you. I, I myself, I, it's a great character the way you've taken, you know, I mean, it's, a, it's an old character, but you reshaped him into this really cool thing that you're doing right now. Thank you. Thank you. From you, Pete, I take that as a very high compliment. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I I love that kind of you know, especially that that's something that interests me anyway. Is like you know that kind of supernatural, you know, whatever kind of shit. Yeah. And uh, how he's got the spokesman there, you know, he's got you know Boko Harambe there, and you know, yeah, yeah. this is a great like almost a classic wrestling character, like it's almost like Kamala and his you know, except it him she never talks. That was the only thing. Well. <laughs> Kamala did talk. It was just a gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> remember his remember his handler, Kim G? He didn't say shit. Kim G. I remember he had a handler. I just don't remember him very well. Yeah, Kim G, but he didn't say anything. He, was, he had a mask and he had like a Panama hat or whatever. Yeah. 
yeah. So great. Yeah. The WWE oh, yeah. is not racist. No, what was racist? What was racist was Hakeem the African Dream being a six foot six, four hundred pound white boy from deep, deepest, darkest Africa. Yeah, that was another minor thing. I, I wouldn't call it racist. I would just call it fucking senseless. You would I'm call like, what? It's it was senseless. The whole. I'm like, why, why him? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. fucking white. He's white. You know, like what? What? Yeah, yeah, I don't like, get it. You guys, yeah, I was like, you can't, you guys can't pull a black guy out of your ass somewhere like, to play this gimmick, you know? <laughs> you know, make it the one man, the one man gang who is a fucking like white street dude from Chicago or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, what's going on? And this is what Pete calls the glory days of wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you go back to the eighties and nineties. I mean, it was awesome, man. That's it had all the edge, all the attitude, and you know, none of the bullshit that we see with a lot of today's wrestling. We had, Especially, yeah, we, Pete and I had a discussion um, about an hour ago about that. Yeah, like it did. Um, whatever character was in that ring, you were entertained. Yeah, yeah. But and now today, it's now today it's more like the you know internet wrestling community is calling the shots. And I mean, I'm probably going to take some heat for this, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Roman Reigns. I know really? I'm probably I know I'm probably the only guy in the world that is, but probably in the minority there. Yeah, well, I mean, that'd be five or six anyway. I mean, I like <laughs> you know I like the bigger guys, you know, and he is a classic powerhouse wrestler, you know, not necessarily a big man, but he is larger than a lot of the guys on the roster, and yeah. because everyone wants you know the Daniel Bryan's, the technical wrestler, the high flyers, styles know. and the like. Yeah. You know, they weren't, you know, you know, the, you know, the independent guys, you know. Yeah, and, and SB Flash like, Jackson says he's a Roman Reigns fan, too, so you're not alone there. That makes you, Jackson, and Vince McMahon. Oh, God, There's at least Jack, three of you out there. Me and Jackass are agreeing on something. God damn it. <laughs> you must like Brock Lesnar, then. What? You Brock like Brock Lesnar, Lesnar then? You like the bigger guys, yeah, um, well, I liked him before he had come back. When he, when uh, I actually, I actually saw his TV debut back in two thousand one, up in uh, Minneapolis. Okay. And I and I knew watching him, it was for like Saturday Night Jack or whatever their Saturday Night Show was. Like a dark match or something. Uh, no, I mean this was like a late night Saturday TV taping that they did before Monday Night Raw. Oh, okay. It was like Saturday Night Jacked or something like that, and I saw it was him and uh, Shelton Benjamin. They came out. I can't remember what they were called. Might have been you know the Golden Gophers or something because they're both um, University of Minnesota wrestlers. But just watching Brock Lesnar, I knew right then and there that he was going to be something special. He was going to be something big, and unfortunately for him, he got too big too fast. And he just kind of flamed out. Took a break, went to UFC, came back. And, yeah. I mean, I like the fact that he is just barbaric. Yeah. I like the oh, fact that, huge. I mean, like, and but I, whenever I, I he does him. come back, whenever he does come back, though, he's, he's huge. They push him right back into the spotlight almost, it seems, yeah. Yeah, and I mean they sort of have to. I mean, here's a guy that you know ran through the UFC, 
you know, just, you know, beating the shit out of people left and right, and you can't really book him otherwise because then yeah. it makes not only him look bad, but also the UFC look bad. And right now, I don't think Vince is trying to take on any more enemies before he retires. Oh, yeah. Vince won't retire. But he won't retire. Uh, I don't think Vince will ever truly give up control. I Think about it like this. Vince McMahon is the Bill Gates of wrestling. Bill Gates is retired. He stepped down, but he still holds the majority stock. So when Bill Gates says something, Microsoft doesn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. He's never going to let go until he's unable to, you know. Yeah. (laughs) When he's lying lying in a hospital bed with tubes coming out of him, that's when you're going to finally see the end of Vince McMahon's influence. So, E-Rock, yeah. were uh, Lesnar and Benjamin called the Minnesota Wrecking Crew? Uh, they may have been. Uh, it's been 15 years. I honestly don't remember. Uh, well, thank you, Jackson. Uh, I'll take his word for it. What I remember most about that is that he uh, came out to the ring with Jesse Ventura before we all knew that, you know, before we found out that Ventura was a total shitbag who had been stealing Valor for 40 fucking years. Fuck him. Um, yeah, and that's, uh, I think he uh, knocked out Vince McMahon uh, before the fight or, you know, like took a shot on him or something like that. And it went over big because Ventura was still popular in Minnesota at that time. Yeah, he was the governor. Uh, not at that point. I think he had just stepped down. I think he was yeah. governor in 01. But. You're you're right. Uh, He elected in 99, took office in 2000. I think he stepped down in 04. 03 or 04, yeah. Yeah, I know he didn't run for re-election. And uh, he says it's because his wife got sick, but I've seen actual video footage of him doing one of his conspiracy theory talk shows. And Uh... if if you watch closely, if you watch closely on a number of those episodes and a number of interviews that he does, that he's done, you can see a very clear tremor, not just in his hands, but in his forehead as well. And oh, yeah, he's had that for years. Well, that, for, in, in my own opinion, I think that is a very clear sign of Parkinson's. And he lives down in Baja, yeah. Mexico, six months out of the year. He says he does it because he doesn't like, um, you know, the cold Minnesota winters, but I think he's doing it because he can get his meds down there dirt cheap. And he can live like a king down there, dirt cheap, because, well, face it, I mean, his credibility in pretty much anything is fucking shot. Because of the conspiracy theory thing. Well, I mean, not just that, but, I mean, when you're constantly bad-mouthing the government and putting down the book saying, oh, you know, these highly classified documents I got my hands on, you know, for the president's eyes only, if you had your hands on those kind of documents, one, you wouldn't be talking about it, and two, you'd be dead. <laughs> Probably. I'm not trying to say anything about it. I'm not trying to say anything about the current or previous administrations, but, I mean, if you're holding something that sensitive in your hands, yeah, you're not going to be living for very long. Well, all right, we'll get back on to e-fetting then. I think think you're right. My (laughs) personal opinion is that, like, from the get-go, like because Minnesota is such a in its own way a progressive state and everything, like Jesse Ventura was let in. But he's not 
one of those people. He's not one of these senators, congressmen. He's not in that club. No, he's not. I'll be right back, guys. He, he ain't. He's not. He ain't that club. And you know, like whatever he's got going on, you know, he's been just kind of not taken terribly seriously. Um, and he's not. He doesn't have all the facts that he should. You know. Yeah. Either. Even though he yeah. purports that he does. You know, like he's. Eh, you know, you were. You weren't. You weren't one of them. You know, you're fucking former professional wrestler with a very, very fucking liberal attitude that probably didn't fit in with a lot of these people. Well, I mean, that's just the thing. In Minnesota, um, Minneapolis pretty much calls the shots for the entire state. I've lived up there for a number of years. And Minneapolis is probably the second most liberal city outside of, say, San Francisco. Right. So he fits in very well in Minneapolis, but you get over into St. Paul and right. you know, pretty he, much he the rest of Bring the him state. to Washington, and he's not in his element whatsoever. No, not at all. Yeah. And also that, that conspiracy show that he does, you know, that, you know, like, you are fucking up your own credibility a lot with that. And you know, a lot of it's got to do with fucking aliens and UFOs and shit. And like, once you start getting into that shit, get it. You know, you're not, nobody's going to take you seriously on a political level when you start fucking talking about UFOs and lizard people and all this kind of shit. You know, when you start talking about that, you have solid proof that they, you know, please note the air quotes, that they killed Kennedy and that there were multiple shooters and and you have sound. Well, I mean, I believe that, proof. you know, and I, hey, I, I do. And, you know, I've, I've read a, enough and it pretty much declassified it at this point because everybody that, you know, would possibly stand to lose anything from that knowledge being put out is dead <laughs> or damn near dead. So they put out enough where it's like they've basically come out and said, yes, it wasn't Oswald. It was conspiracy. That was, you know, the mafia had a little bit of a hand in it. You know, LBJ had a little bit of a hand in it, stuff like that. He was just trying to veer the country in a different way than the powers that be behind the scenes wanted. And yeah, they fucking killed him. I mean, but uh, you know, it, whatever his Jesse's theories are like, you don't, you don't know. You don't know enough. You're, you're a pro wrestler. You got elected governor. Like, Clint Eastwood got elected Palm Springs, you know, mayor, you know, (laughs) you're an actor. You're not, you know, you don't, you're not in the know as much as you think you are. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ronald Reagan. Oh, also. And again, and again, two guys that didn't know jack shit about what they were doing. They were, they were handled. Reagan was handled. He didn't make any real, you know, maybe in the beginning when he was younger and not, his mind wasn't going so much. He he made some real decisions and stuff like that. But for the second half of his fucking duration as president, he was handled. Well, the uh, funny thing is uh, his son, uh, Ronnie Jr., uh, he's come out within the last few years and has said publicly, and I think he's even written a book about this, kind of a, you know, tell-all during the uh, Reagan administration that, his old man did, in fact, have Alzheimer's, if not dementia, and it was actually his mom that was calling all the shots. When he was in office? When he was in office. Oh, oh that, crap. That was known back then. <laughs> I remember that back then. It was, well, well, I thought I mean, that was rumored. It wasn't you know, actually true. Well, that's it wasn't, rumors. Hey, it wouldn't be the I've, first time that the first lady was essentially running the country. Look at Woodrow Wilson in 1913, for Christ's sake. Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah, Eleanor Roosevelt, 
Woodrow Wilson's wife. I mean, a lot of times it's the first lady had know. to step up and basically take over administrative, you know, <laughs> functions and things because these guys just were too sickly or, you know, mentally incapacitated. They couldn't do it. And, well, yeah, FDR, by the end, he had just deteriorated so much. Same thing with Reagan. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if someone else was actually doing the job. Yeah. And really, you know, if, it, if things were being conducted in any sensible way, at that point, the vice president should step up. And you oh, don't definitely. have a first lady. You don't have the guy's fucking wife running shit. The yeah, last he's not elected president. Administration, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's too big of a country for that. You got to, you know, like, it, but but the, the necessity to keep the American people, oh, everything's fine, you know, he's doing okay, you know, like, eh. Well, just be honest and say he's too sick to lead now, and so the vice president has to step up for the last couple of years of his term. You know, just well, be honest. I, was, I, mean, I was just a kid, you know, during the '80s. I was born in '82, so I don't really remember a whole lot about the uh, the Reagan administration. But if the cult of personality surrounding him today was anything like it was, you know, 30 odd years ago, um, I could see why that they would want to keep him in. Uh, power, even though his brain was shot. Yeah, I could see that as well because he had that image. Well, he was the Gipper. Right, right. Well, the that's Gipper. what I'm saying. It's about the image when it shouldn't be. It should be more about honesty and transparency. And just, yeah. Here's what's going well, on. Even, even today, he can't do the, the job anymore. Primary. And now, uh, you know, Here's somebody it. who is actually experienced in politics needs to step up and do it. Yeah, but it was it's because it was be, probably because of his image. So like in the Republican primaries, you heard them all talking about how great Ronald Reagan was and how he's a conservative icon and all that. So I could so maybe I don't know. The whole thing with Reagan was is that he didn't have he wasn't, you know, it it wasn't until like literally the last couple of years of his presidency that he was starting to begin to show the signs of Alzheimer's starting to kind of slip and go. Yeah. You know, but he was being, he started being handled way before that. Well, I'm sure he was handled throughout his entire things were, career. Like, decisions, were, decisions were being taken out of his hands way before that. George Bush was taking over things. He was the head of the CIA. And, well, he you was know, there was a lot of agendas going on at that time where they just kind of started elbowing him out of the way. So a lot of times when he did say, I don't have any knowledge of that. He was actually telling the fucking truth. He didn't have any knowledge of what they, some of the dirty shit they were doing, like the CIA bringing well, fucking drugs and cocaine by the plane load into the country and all that stuff. Reagan didn't know anything about that. Well, I mean, to, uh, to be fair about Bush, he was only director of the CIA for one year before stepping down, so I don't really know how much he would have had. Yeah, but he uh, was deeply into it, though. His his fucking father, Prescott Bush, was head of the CIA going way back. I mean, he was, that family, that Bush family is deeply entrenched in the CIA. Has been since its inception. <laughs> but well, uh, Prescott Bush is one of the things that would have gone back to the OSS. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the OSS, I can't remember what it stands for, but it was the uh, precursor to uh, the CIA. And the uh, funny thing is, uh, just just a random fact, but uh, Julia Child, that you know, that famed you know French chef or whatever, she actually Julia worked Child, for the OSS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she actually worked for the OSS, and after she died, uh, people tried to spin it that she was some sort of like you know deep undercover CIA agent, 
when she was not even, I think she might have been like a switchboard operator or something like that, but I I don't think she actually dealt with any actual intelligence handling. Yeah, I don't think she did either. So I think we're way off topic right now, talking about celebrity chefs turned espionage. Oh, dude, we've been way off topic since I got on the phone. (laughs) Yeah, I think we were way off topic. These would make some great storylines, though, wouldn't they, for Derek? They would, they would. (laughs) Moonchild, you know, pay attention. (laughs) Yeah, get Moonchild in on this shit. Maybe even Bastrix. (laughs) (laughs) Get another one of those crazy feds open, yeah. But uh, at this rate, we might have to do an election night special. (laughs) Gosh. Well, I'm voting for Gary Johnson, so fuck it. I'm pretty sure I'm not, I'm not going for anybody. I don't believe in any of them. Yeah. Well, I believe that it's, it's too much of a game now and it's too much of a fucking bunch of bullshit. It's just basically uh, the oh. only thing that's going to ever change this country at this point is revolution. And unfortunately, it's not going to come without bloodshed, but that's where we're at and nobody, you know, wants to accept it or anything like that. But yeah, that's where, where, where a lot of other places in the world are where violence is going to go down in order to fucking have some sort of regime change or reformation, you know, everybody's playing Xbox, everybody's going on their fucking cell phones and, you know, and, you know all this shit, but that's where we're at. Because I'm now it's, 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 it's just, it's too simply evil now all across the board. You've got Trump there and you've got Clinton. Well, Trump and the Clintons have been friends for a long, long fucking time. They still play golf together. All this shit's a show. It's a show. That's why they're not talking about any issues. They're not talking about any real fucking issues. It, you know, like, look at this shit with the fucking police, for Christ's sake. They're murdering people by the thousands every year now for the last fucking, like, six, seven years. Who's, are they bring this up on these debates? Nope, not... Nope, they're just calling each other names like fucking children in the school cafeteria. And this is the United States of America, and this is our fucking presidential debate. A couple of fucking criminals, career criminals and liars, yelling at each other. It's all a fucking show. You know? It's all a show. And these and third parties, they're never going to fucking get in. You know, they're not, they're not there. They're there. Even the third parties now, for Christ's sake, are part of the show. Jill Stein, there's all this shit coming out about her now, how she invests in this company and that company. Jill that Stein's supposed been a communist for years, so, I mean, her, her credibility shot. I don't even know where the fucking call. came from. I'm like, who the hell are you? Lady. <laughs> I mean, you can call her, you know, Green Party or whatever, but if you look at her platform, it is all about maximum government control. She is a fucking communist. And she says she's a medical doctor, but yet she is against vaccines. I mean, we've yeah, got well, what God, knows how, many, we've got God knows how many generations of scientific facts to back up that, hey, vaccines are good for you. Now, if you're one of, like, the small fraction of a percentage of people who is has an allergic reaction to one of the ingredients in it, okay, don't get vaccinated. You have a legitimate medical reason. But for a doctor to be saying, well, I don't know if I trust vaccines, your credibility is fucking shot on anything you have to say after that. Okay, so I'm going to jump in here and say two things. Number one, this whole race has made me really happy that I'm a Canadian and I don't have to deal with this. <laughs> I was just about to say, Dylan's a Canadian, so this is probably boring the fuck out of him. <laughs> no, I've been watching this whole thing. Seriously, I've been watching for the last year. You guys are probably up there shaking your head going, you fucking Americans, man. Pull your head out of your ass. 
that's, and then that, we just that's look a pretty at, good summary of what we're thinking right now. Yeah. And then we look at you guys and say, Rob Ford. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, man. I've been wanting to use him as a punchline for so long. I finally had uh, the opportunity. So I had to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your dream has been fulfilled. Yes. Well, but, actually, uh, my, well, my dream of turning uh, Boko Haram into a joke has uh, been fulfilled with Boko Harambi. Okay, Big so out. we're going to move on. Big out for Harambi. But, uh, great, great character, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, so yeah. Interesting E-Fed characters. So let's get back on the topic of why Let's get back on the topic. I'm looking yeah. forward to RSW. I'm looking forward to our stable that we might be doing, Pete. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they're I, working Personally, I well. think, and... In the case of Eric, I like you know. To me, you should be getting pushed for a uh, title pretty soon, and that affects the skirmish shit uh, right for the rampage, right against fucking masked American. And who is this who's in contention? I think Eric should be. Nobody's in contention because I don't know who the fuck's in contention for what. That's the thing about RSW is that there's no nothing's laid out as far as like who who's in contention. For anything. Well, there's no rankings thing, or anything formal. It's always like, it's, it's, you know, contention seems to be like Chris Gibson posts some shit on the verbal jousting fucking thread. Next thing you know, he's got a world title match. Like that just how it seems to be how it works. I, that's another thing complaint I have about RSW is it just needs to get on this track of like actual contendership. Who's there? You know, like who's the next in line? Yeah. win-loss records and that sort of thing. Because in ICW, we had a ranking system. NGW, I believe, had one. And I think it's a great way to yeah. keep things organized. And it's encouraging, if you put in the work, it's really encouraging and uplifting to see yourself move up the rankings. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, you know, I've never even been like much into the, like, the win-loss record shit. It's a lot of shit to keep track of. Honestly, for owners that are busy... And have enough to do already, and have to read all these role plays and everything. Like just keeping, like, well, how many wins and losses does this guy have, and how many wins and losses does this ten other ten other fucking people have? My whole thing is just like, who's doing the best right now? You know, who's doing the best right now? And I think that honestly, that Eric is doing. You know, he's got one of the most original characters. He's doing one of the best things right now in this. Set. Who's Eric's I mean, character he should, again? He mean, he should be pushed. Well, it's E-Rock, but he's, it's E-Rock, he's zombified. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. It's E-Rock, but he's uh, going by O.G. Rizzle as a young <laughs> gangster. And huh. as the, uh, O.G. Rizzle. And as the uh, voodoo slave, he's uh, now being called the Scarecrow. So, I mean, Interesting. Pretty any, so pretty much, well, the, uh, the Scarecrow is actually an homage to uh, the late Lord Infamous of uh, 3-6 Mafia and to me. Okay. Very cool. So I don't know how many people are into, uh, you know, early 90s, you know, underground hardcore rap. But, uh, yeah, his uh, first solo album was a 1994 called Scarecrow the Terrible. And that's where the name Scarecrow came from. Yeah, SB's right. You're kind of fading out, dude. Uh, sorry, that's... I had a phone cradled between my ears. That's better. 
much. We're better. back. We back. But you know, uh, like Ken Howard, he's another guy. He needs he needs to get pushed. You know, he needs to he should be finding himself in a. He's been back long enough. He's been there long enough. He should be in a championship match or something. And and another guy who I really think deserves to be pushed is that Dylan Erickson kid. You know, he's just so damn talented. <laughs> No, that's, I think Ken Howard could be uh, doing some big things if he were to have someone to actually push him. Um, he and I, we've uh, been trading a few emails. And dude, if you're listening to this, fucking check your inbox. Um, and uh, there might be something uh, popping off between him and I uh, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, you never know with the way that the uh, shows get posted once every four months around here. He should be going against the, like Tony Manziel or something. For not that he's a champion right now, but you know, usually he is. He's usually like the skirmish champion. <laughs> so yeah, I see that there's three titles in the Fed: three singles, and then you have the tag team titles. Yeah, there was four single titles. They finally got rid of one. Yeah, I think I think even three might be a little excessive, judging by the size of the roster. But that's uh, they re- they retired the uh, was the GCW Hybrid Championship. Okay, but uh, and I mean, no one really outside of Ryan. I don't think anyone really understood how that one was supposed to work. Yeah. Yeah. I am all for going after the uh, the skirmish title. That is, uh, you know, I've read the description, and that is uh, a definite throwback to like the old WCW television title defended yeah. every single television it's, show. And it's, and every it's supposed to be, but it hasn't been for quite a while. I mean, you know, it's it is here and there, but they've been like slacking on it somehow for like the last three or four events. Like it's probably been defended twice. <laughs> So, I think you're right about that. I'd like to just see him go back to, like, regular names for titles. You know, honestly, world title, U.S. title, or intercontinental title, TV title. Then you know, title. Then you know what you're dealing with, you know? It, it's like, it, this is a... It, the, the name of the title holds its own prestige. What the fuck does skirmish title mean? What the fuck does that even mean? Skirmish well, is there a skirmish match? It just sounds like a shit title. It just sounds like something that nobody really has any, you know, gumption to go for, or why should they? It's a skirmish title. Just call it the television title. Call it something that's, you know, like, the, or the anarchy title. There I've always you go. been a big fan of the show. The like show is called US Anarchy. Title. Have this, the anarchy title. And then it's it, the name of the show. You know, it bears the name of the show. So, like, there's, the there's, a, there's a prestige be, there. There's a prestige And that would be the title we, that would be defended every week. Yeah. Because this, so this is something that I said in my thread, too, or my forum post. I said, you know, there needs to be a certain prestige. It needs to come to these titles. So they have a prestige. You're not just fucking something like, well, yeah, you know. Skirmish title doesn't mean shit. Call it the television title. Call it the United States title. If it changes to that or whatever, but mainly to me, it's a television title. Call it the Anarchy title, Anarchy yeah, TV title, and then you call it the Anarchy TV title. You change the name to the Anarchy TV title, and guess what? You're gonna have motherfuckers going for that title. 
Nobody gives a shit about it as it is, you know? Uh, one thing in ICW, and I think you, uh, and you might remember this, Pete, is all of the titles, aside from the World Heavyweight title, were all geographically related. So we had uh, um, a Eurasian title. We had a, oh, yeah. an African title. Well, that's because it was international championship wrestling. Yeah, to. but every title represented a part of the world so that when you were champion, yeah. you, were, you, you had the prestige of being the best Right. You had that domain. There was a domain that came with it. Yeah. And as there would be, like, if they changed the names of these titles, instead of worrying about these, they've got to have these flashy names, just change it to the official things that they are. Like, if it was the the title title and it was defended title, Yeah, or Intercontinental, United States or Intercontinental title, and then the Skirmish Championship becomes the Anarchy TV title. And the TV and then, title would be great because the TV champion could go, well, fuck the world champion. He only wrestles every four shows. I'm here every week. I'm the champion. Yeah, and, he could whip out his dick and say, like, you know, what the fuck are you? You lazy fucker on me. Wrestling every four <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you on that point, but maybe that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, just throwing that out there. Who came up with, I think, uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, Ryan or one of his guys. or. Uh, you're fading out again, else. E-Rock. Yeah, you you're go. fading now. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, is this better? Yep. Okay, that's, uh, I'm not sure. Um, I read about it somewhere, and uh, I, that was uh, one of the guys that's also over in Olympus was talking about how they will, like, interject something into the results for uh, to, like, kind of establish or... Uh, push forward a storyline or continue something, and it's up to the you know characters to you know run with that. And I was wondering if uh, that's actually going to be something that's going on. If they're going to you know try and take hold of the, uh, the storyline to actually get something pushed a little bit more, other than say you know the bastards versus whoever the flavor of the week is. Because there are a lot of guys out there that are just kind of floating around in limbo trying to get noticed, and there's really not a lot going on with them story-wise because they're not really sure what to do. No one really wants to work a program anymore. And so you got all these guys just kind of floating around trying to big themselves up, and they're just kind of struggling. You know, yeah. so, I've, so I reached out to Ken Howard. I said, you know, hey, dude, I had some fun working with you. Let's keep this going because – I really do think that he needs someone to push him. I think he needs, you know, a steady storyline for him to, to really draw out the character to where it needs to be for where he wants it to go. And I think, you know, like me, you know, I had a, you know, a lot of fun working with him. I'm kind of disappointed I lost that four corners match. But uh, I think at the end of the day, I think he and I could really put on a hell of a show, and I think that we could really steal the limelight if we were to work together. And I think a lot more people need to do that, just get back into working programs as opposed to taking, say, the uh, WWF route, or I'm sorry, WWE. They had to get the F out. Fucking tree huggers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, I agree. I think I think yeah. once one yeah, person totally right. or two people start working a legitimate program and show that it can work, 
and start having fun and showing that it can be successful, I think then people will start to come on board. But I think it'll just take one good program to show people. Being Ken Howard, I'm making it public right now. Let's put me and him in a you know, lengthy little something. Ultra high high incident scaffold first blood match or something. I'll, no, let's. Uh, we're gonna have to go the Vince Russo route on this, and uh, I want Judy Bagwell on a forklift. I want to see Dead Hooker on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Maybe the plastic man is a closet necrophiliac. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that sounds like there. it's a Scarlet Knights alley, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't really follow much of what other people write, so uh, forgive me for not knowing who or what Darlin' Knight is. Oh, she's one of Pete's many sadistic, batshit crazy characters. Uh, she's dead now. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Riot, Dwayne, fucking Fowler, whoever's listening, whoever's in charge of coming up with these things, me and Ken Howard put us in a program and culminated with a dead hooker on a pole match. If that doesn't fucking do something, I don't know what will. Yeah. And that's, you know, my whole take is like, it's always like the, like the main event and the pre-main event that are given the most attention. It's always been the natural way to be and with these shows and everything like that. But I'm like, what if we, you know, like, again, take it back, the influence. Take it back 30 years where, like, you know, even if, like, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts versus Ravishing Rick Rude was the third match on the fucking card. That match was done well. It was, a, you know, it was a memorable match itself. You know, like, we need to have that in this set. That's what needs to happen. It's like every match needs to be in its own way. Kind of, well, maybe not the first couple or whatever like that. For the, you know, but if you're anybody in this set, if you're if you're a big enough star, if you're if you're E Rock or if you're whoever, you're getting a match. It's epic. It's going to be paid some attention to, and it's going to be done right. And you're going to be like, you know, it, so that when that fucking uh, thing pops up after the card goes up and everything like that, what was the best match? You know, it's not always the fucking main event or the pre-main event. And sometimes it's like, well, you know what? The best match on that fucking card was fucking E-Rock versus Ken Howard on that fucking scaffold match. That thing kicked well, I mean, fucking ass. You know? so let's, uh, well, let's uh, continue that train of thought of yours right there. You know, going back to what you're saying about, you know, okay, so this match on the undercard was the best. Let's go back to WrestleMania three. Really, the only thing anyone remembers about that is Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant. Call it a body oh, yeah. slam. Call it Andre jumping up into his arms. But I mean, he although that was the same event that the fucking that Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat match happened, you know, exactly. which is considered one of the greatest and, matches of all time. And at the end of the night. You know, Hogan actually got a little pissed off because he thought, you know, everyone's going to be lining up to shake his hand for, you know, doing what was considered to be the impossible. Instead, they were all going up to Randy and Ricky, and they were like, dude, that was the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen. And 30 years later, it still stands as one of the greatest matches ever. But then again, you had two of the absolute greatest of all time. Sometimes you just have that. You have like, hey, sorry, Hogan, there was a couple of guys better than you. Like, remember WrestleMania 7? 
And that was when the fucking the Gulf War was going on. All thing, the whole thing was Sergeant Slaughter, and he was oh, he was pro Iraq and all that shit. The way they geared yeah. it and all that stuff, and that was the main event. But halfway yeah. through the card was the Randy Savage Ultimate Warrior retirement match. Oh, that's and that, insane. which is far and away the most memorable match to this day of that whole when Randy Savage gave him five elbow drops off the top rope and all that shit happened and. You know, it like so. It yeah, goes to yeah, show yeah. it's it's not always just the main event and just who you know the the fucking champ is and the biggest stars. So sometimes it's, it's like, well, th- these guys had the most heat of anybody else on the card, and maybe this was, you know, the fourth match down, but yeah. this was the match that did it. You know. Yeah, I mean, sure, the role plays might only be seven hundred or a thousand words long, but they they made it count. And they they hated each other, and that's what made it so memorable. Yeah, yeah, that's really my strength is, you know, short, sweet, to the point, you know, drive that impact home. Uh, you know, no no offense against you, Pete, but I mean, I really don't like reading. <laughs> no, I know, you know but your, your style, the way you do it is different. Like you, like, it seems to me like you turn out what's in your head at a time. Yeah. And like I said in that one, like I said in that one thread, I'm like, I think you would, you know, it would be better for you to just, like, write all that shit, set it aside, and then put it all together as one role play. Yeah. And just so you don't, just so you don't end up getting fucked out of, you know, a win that you didn't, like, I thought you were going to this last time against Max, because especially since Max, Max has helped the Fed a lot. Everybody, you know, they Rob and Alan, they have a special place in their heart for Max. Everybody's got to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome Jackson to the call. Jackson, say hello. Hello. Say hello. Hello. What's up, man? What's up? Hey, how's it hanging there, bro? Hey, hanging. Barely. You don't interrupt what I was talking about, you know? From Sweet Home, Alabama, straight ball. Yeah. I'm originally from Florida. I think I'm from Jacksonville redneck. I used to live in Jacksonville. Ugh. I know, that's why I said that. <laughs> Man, I totally wrecked this child, didn't I? Oh, if I just saw something correctly on the TV, I think the Indians just won Game Three of the World Series, one nothing. I'm sorry, what now? Um, I think I just saw a scroll. Okay, it's bottom of the ninth. Cleveland's up one nothing over Chicago. Uh, no outs, one man on base. Chicago still has a chance, but uh. Fuck Chicago. I'm a Cardinals fan. Can't let the Cubbies win. We gotta pull for the Indians. I haven't really been following this, but from what I've understood, the Cubs are getting their asses whipped pretty much during the series, right? Oh, uh, the first game, yes, uh, they couldn't hit for shit. Their pitching was all over the damn place. It was like they were choking, like the Cardinals did against the Tigers in the last World Series they were in. But uh, the second game, Cubs came back. Um, I think they wanted five to two. They uh, they showed up in Cleveland, and now in Chicago, bottom of the ninth, one nothing Cleveland. Chicago is uh, 
Chicago just ain't doing it, man. All right, there's uh, one out down first. We need to keep this ball low, off speed, go for the grounder, get the double play, get the win. I mean, it's, it's classic baseball strategy. Let's see if he pulls through. Oh, I should have still, you know, he's still, I haven't followed it in a while, but I'm just wondering to myself, like, how is it the two most, for the last 30 years or so, the most two notoriously bad teams in baseball <laughs> end up being the fucking people in the World Series? Like, is, this a, is somebody scripting this now, like fucking wrestling? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, the, uh, the Cubs, hey, they, I don't know how, but somehow they've had quite possibly the best team in baseball this year. They were, what, 20 games ahead at yeah. the end of the season? And, and, and they uh, were there a couple of years ago, too, but always notoriously just fuck it up in the end, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's so I think they made it to the, uh, the NLCS last year, and they lost. So I don't think they got to the World Series, but they got far. But uh, Yeah, they got gonna, far last year because everyone was – because the Black Sox of future reference, everyone's getting excited about them hopefully winning the World Series. <clears throat> but now that's uh, I'm pulling for the Indians on this one. That's uh, they're my number three team: Cardinals, Braves, Indians, and that's going back 25 years. Yeah. Well, the Cardinals and Braves have both been great teams over the last 25 years. The Indians? Uh, yeah, and I, I remember when the Cardinals and Braves had a phenomenal rivalry going with each other. Um, it was just, when you watched it, you knew it was going to be a great game. And Actually, every, uh, with the exception of the first game that I went to, it was a spring training game back in 88, Cardinals versus, I want to say the Phillies or the Reds. I can't remember which one. Um Every game I've been to after that was Cardinals and Braves, and it was always a great game. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just basically a... I'm a casual fan, but if I like anybody, it's Red Sox. I, just, I grew up, you know, an hour outside of Boston. My dad's a Red Sox fan. My brother's a Red Sox fan. All right. You know, I can... Yep, I can get behind that. About Red Sox, they got a great veteran powerhouse team. They're uh, they're definitely someone to watch. Uh, unfortunately, I think they beat the Cardinals in the fucking World Series a couple years ago. Yeah, well, they've lost so many other great players over the ones that got them to the series. You know, like ten years ago, a lot of them are gone now. Yeah, you know, Big Poppy, he's leaving and everything too, or has left. So I guess. Well, I mean, he played for twenty years. I mean. Oh, yeah, he put his fucking time in. And, I, you know, I admire the one thing about the Red Sox is that they're almost, they're not city-owned or anything. Like the people of the city don't own none of that shit, but there's a, there's a, a loyalty, yeah. you know, to those fans. So like Not like the fucking Yankees. The Yankees, you know, you watch the Yankees game. It's like when the Yankees start fucking up, all of a sudden, everybody in New York, Oh, if they're in, if they're at Yankee Stadium, everybody just hates them. Oh, what the fuck you like? They Boston fans are supportive of the team no matter what the fuck is going on. <laughs> you know? Boston fans are rabid. Yeah, they're rabid and rabid. They, they completely support the team. And when the team loses, hey, it's okay. It's not like we're going to hold it against you. Well, I mean, I Yankees, Yankee fans are fucking horrible. The most horrible fucking fans in baseball. They really are. 
I'm going to have to argue with that there because you really haven't met any Cardinals fans from Missouri, and I'll tell you this. When the team's winning, the fans are bitching. When the team's losing, <laughs> the fans are bitching even more, but yet they say no, they love the team. I mean, that's, I mean, I see this shit on Facebook all the damn time, and it's like, well, if Matheny would have done this, if you know, they had done that, if they had done this. It's just constant good. criticism. It's like even when you won, it's like you didn't run it's right. Like, is that how it it's is? Like, <laughs> it's like, dude, they won 13-2. to two. They gave up three <laughs> hits. <laughs> yeah, but you know you They won 13-2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that one ball well, rolled through your leg, the shortstop. <laughs> yeah, some people are just never happy. You know? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know Red, Red Sox fans are like that, but uh, you know, given what I know about the you know general Boston area and the culture around the Red Sox, I bet they're probably every bit as diehard as the true Cardinals fans are. I mean, there's an old saying in baseball, and I'm sure you've heard this, Pete, but if you want money, you go to New York. If you want love, you go to St. Louis. I'm sure Boston is right behind St. Louis on cities that just, undoubtedly, oh, yeah. just undoubtedly love their team. But when you got, you know, the green monster out in the field, I mean, that's kind of fucking most people. Yep. And for those of you who don't know the green monster, it's, it's a giant wall that is hard as fuck to hit a home run above. Yeah. Well, if you know what baseball is, you probably know what that is. <laughs> I've heard of that. Certainly Park. But right? then there's but then there's Dylan, our Canadian friend. Now we're being unfair to him. Let's talk about the curling championships. <laughs> we can talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, they they've been doing all right the past couple of years. Well, I mean, the Blue Jays made it to the American League Championships against the uh, Indians. Uh, they were actually supposed to uh, beat the Indians, but, I mean, they just had a fucking Cinderella year. Yeah. I don't see how the Blue Jays are the American League. They should be in the National League. They're not American. Yeah, that kind of doesn't... the National League. <laughs> They're in the American League, aren't they? Are you talking about? Yeah, they're American late, yeah. That makes no sense to me. American. Yeah. You know, it's North America. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, America encompasses the whole fucking hemisphere, really. So it's fucking True. north, south, and, yeah. Yeah, from, uh, yeah, from fucking Canada all the way down to Panama, even part of South America. Yeah. It's all America. It's fucking North, you know, South America. Um, I guess we're called Middle America. I... <laughs> <laughs> we're this is the United States is a fucking goddamn big empire with its balls out that everybody. Well, we're Americans. Well, actually, <laughs> everybody from fucking the deepest fucking part of Chile to fucking you know the highest no, no, part no, of but... Canada is a fucking American. You know. Yeah. True. No, really. But when it comes to, like, just, like, well, what are you going to say, though? It's just, like, they made the fucking name so goddamn, you know, like, what are you going to say, the United Statesians? <laughs> <You know>, <laughs> they kind of made it so we just had to be called the Americans. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they should name the uh, the skirmish title, the American Championship. I'm a 
granted, RSW is based out of fucking, you know, England because of Rob, and this is his baby and all that, but, I mean, the skirmish championship becomes the American championship. Just a fuck with people. And then when I win, it will become the Canadian championship. So... Yeah, American championships, though. But they, you know what? There's too many fucking British people on that. Yeah. Well, you couldn't you you have an American championship. I, like I said, I think it should just be like a fucking TV championship. You know, Anarchy TV title. We should so. start a petition, a whitehouse.gov petition for that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty, I can't remember if it was on the White House website or if it was on change.org, but I think there was a petition going around. Um, Indians won. They're celebrating. Two to one. Only a bitch is Indians lead. Um, but I did see a petition going around trying to make uh, the day that Harambe was killed into a federal holiday. Right. Yeah. There's a, a P&O cruise lines. Uh, I'm not sure where they're at, but on Twitter, they had um, they had put out a contest. They're going to name a ship, you know. And of course, all these people are flooding with you know Harambe and this Harambe and that. And one guy said HMS Harambe. Another guy replied with DOF takes out for Harambe. You know, I think I just start putting out hexes on fucking people. They what? Let's start putting hexes out on people. Really? Just do it. <laughs> Just start putting out those voodoo curses. You know what? You get a fucking <laughs> opponent. You got an opponent. This would be great fucking story writing too if they rolled. If they rolled. Now Who is Ken the Howard. You're with? Ken, Howard Ken Howard. He would roll with this. Ken Howard would roll with this. Put out a fucking curse. And, and make him, like, that. stand in his bathroom mirror and, like, be afraid that his dick's going to drop off or something. <laughs> You'll get some fucking role plays out of that. Who is the I, I actually thought about doing that, just, but... Like, convulsing in the middle of the ring. Who is that that the Ultimate Warrior would feud with? That was, was Papa Shango. Papa Shango. And I oh, thought yeah. about doing that because, you know, Papa Shango, he was supposed to be some sort of witch doctor. I can't remember. You know, okay. Like he wasn't voodoo. He wasn't hoodoo. I mean, that's what that revi- reminded me of. Exactly. So. And I and I had thought about going that route, and I was like, God, that's too Papa Shango. Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing. I mean, you feel like okay, he was basically he was a witch doctor. I mean, that's what a voodoo guy like him was, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. he was a witch doctor. Yeah. But, I mean, he was like a generic witch doctor. There wasn't really any... He was. I mean, like, they kind of just used him as a fucking one-off kind of gimmick key thing. But if they actually had pushed him, if they'd pushed that story, like, can you imagine, like, the storylines back then? Like, if he just, he put a hex on his next opponent at, say, Survivor Series or whatever the fuck was going to or, you know, SummerSlam. And they had the other guy say, whoever it was, Jake Roberts, Rick Martello, whoever like that, all of a sudden, they couldn't move their right arm and had to go into the match with their right arm, like, fucked up. Like, couldn't move their right arm. And maybe it was psychological. Maybe they believed it enough where it, this happened. Or maybe, you know, something more was real. Again, that goes back to suspended disbelief in the whole... And that was the cartoon era, yeah. It still would have made for some a fucking match, you know. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Hello? I'm still here. I I'm still here. Can't really... No, are you there, buddy? I'm here. I'm here. You're the host, so I hope you're fucking there. I'm <laughs> okay, still here. Just, yeah, we just now. Yeah, we just had some dead air. I'm not really sure what happened. He was talking. It was kind of mumbled on my end anyways, and all of a sudden, dead air. Oh. I heard you guys. I, just... I haven't been having any problems. I don't know if you have. No? Well, it is talk show and not blog talk, but, I mean, we're not going to get into it. It is, <laughs> yeah. You know, Blog Talk Radio used to be pretty cool until they started, you know, forcing you to get a subscription service. Well, that's oh, thing, yeah. You know. And once they started that shit, like, oh, it's going to be $40 a month. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, that's my light bill. Like, I'm not, nothing should, <laughs> nothing like this should be comparable to that, okay? I'm not saying. Could your no. light bill's $40 a month? They wanted something ridiculous. If you wanted to host a, num- a certain number of people on your call or something or something like that, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah believe it or not, up here in northern New York, uh, lights aren't too terribly expensive. Yeah, I mean, that's my light bill. I mean, I really don't use my lights. I haven't had on my heater AC in a couple weeks, and my fucking light bill is still $100 a month. Yeah, and, you know, it depends on what fucking place you're living in, you know, really. Well, that's uh, a couple of years ago, people in Missouri were bitching that uh, that their electric bills were, uh, were not right. and They wanted to be paying more like what the rest of the country was paying. And so General Electric said, okay, increased everyone's rates and said, this is what most of the country's paying. Missouri started saying, well, no, that's too much. General Electric said, you know what, fuck you. This is what you wanted. This is what you got. So they argued to make a higher electric payment? Yeah. I mean, that's... It it used to be, you know, $35, $40 a month. And now it's... Now it's damn near, you know, $90, $100 a month for, like, minimal use. Shouldn't be that way either because, you know, Missouri <laughs> overall is a fairly impoverished state. That's really good. To see why they begging to pay more on their bills. And Missouri's not really impoverished, but I mean, we're definitely not a wealthy state. We do have our poor areas, but when it comes to electricity, I mean, we've got so many goddamn you know rivers around here. You know, getting hydroelectric shouldn't be that big of a problem, especially with, you know, major rivers like the Mississippi and the Missouri rivers. I mean, dam those up, boom, I mean, fucking generating power. But, I mean, at the end of the day, General Electric fucked everybody in this state by raising rates because people were saying their bills were too high. You got no fucking chance against that, man. In New York, it's nighttime. New York State Electric. Private company that basically encompasses New York. So you're not, you know, it's not some fucking global company like EEG. 
And I'm amazed that it's like that. I'm amazed that this is New York. <laughs> you think that that's exactly what would be here, but you know, it's more it's more of a local life. I really hear you, Pete. It sounds like you got your hand over the uh, receiver. Dead air. Dead air. <coughs> <coughs> There's this uh, Facebook group called uh, Dysfunctional Veterans. They have their uh, they have yeah. their own little uh, you know podcast you know out there. You know, they switched over to a DV radio, Dys- Dysfunctional Veterans Radio. But for the longest time, they would just like lose track of thought, and it would just be like dead air. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It, it got it got to the point where you know the guy behind it all uh, you know, <laughs> he goes by the call sign DV six. It got to the point where he made the show dead air, and whenever people stopped talking, he would just blurt out dead air. It got <laughs> to the point. It got to the point where I had to stop listening to it because every five. So just ending the show. Yeah. Yeah. Every five. This might have been just from the guy with a bottle of whiskey next to him just was passing out. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Quite a possibility. Not that they're not saying stuff, you know, like they're saying stuff, but they're also human beings that are going through their shit. That's the reason they're saying stuff. Because they're going through shit. Oh, well, uh, so many so fucking people so, in this kind of You know, uh, the functional veterans, they got a really good uh, program going on right now up in it's either New Hampshire or Vermont. They bought a whole bunch of acreage and they're turning it into a farm. And the primary purpose of it is to help. Uh, you know, so-called dysfunctional veterans get the help that they need, get the rehab that they need, so that they can, you know, rejoin society and actually have a purpose once again. Uh, yeah, well, they've got a huge workload in that regard because there are so many fucking veterans. You know, have you read the fucking stats and shit like that? Like, it, yeah, like, I am a veteran. I I'm pretty familiar. So, with like, I mean, the suicide rate among veterans is just off one day. You know, I mean, for multiple reasons too. You know, yeah. all, all, of, all of which you can understand. And a lot of these are people. They, these are people that went into this thing. A lot of these people went into this thing, being promised. They, they, you know, they oh, Jesus Christ, they fucking got roped in. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. And then they find out when they come home that oh, they didn't get anything. But in the meantime, they were over in these fucking goddamn Middle Eastern countries and shit like that, killing women and children and drone bombing people and every other fuck, whatever the fuck was going on. For what? To defend this place that needs no defense? Nobody's fucking with the United States of America. They're over there, they're fucking murdering people that are just trying to fucking, like, you know, try to eat, for Christ's sake. It's a lot more complicated. Then they come home, and they come home, and they're depressed, and they're fucking, and they're guilty. They feel guilty. Like, you know, I I spent the last couple of years just basically killing women and children, unlike, like, the Mile incident and fucking, you know, where people were prosecuted for that in Vietnam. Now my orders are to kill women and children, and I'm coming home, and I'm going to fucking come home to, oh, we got nothing for you. We got Actually, nothing for the, you. Uh, Guess what? The rules, Surprise the is rules on of you. engagement. We used you. We used your fucking ass. We used your fucking ass because you were stupid enough to sign up for the military. We used you, and there's nothing for you when you get back. The 
rules of engagement today are so restrictive. They're not just over there killing women and children despite whatever, you know, media source you want to listen to is saying. When it comes down to it, there is so much that they have to do before they can actually fire on someone. I mean, that's they're taking hostile fire. They actually have to call back to command and get permission to return fire. Yeah, but honestly, are they taking nearly as much fire as the people in World War II and Vietnam were? No, they weren't. Technology technology allows for safety. At the same time, we do have guys on the ground. They are getting ambushed. Should we be there to begin with? You know, like why, why should we be there invading some sovereign nation to begin with? That's what it brings it back to. And that's what's in these veterans' heads while they're over there doing this shit. Am I really here for a purpose or am I here for some fucking oil company? Am I here for fucking Exxon? In Afghanistan, yes, that's what it is. In Afghanistan, yes, that mission was to go in, get Bin Laden, take out the Taliban, take out Al-Qaeda, and they were very successful in doing most of that. Yeah, 15 years long, they're still not successful. However, even even I, I, when when I fucking found out that we were going into Iraq, I said, what happened to Bin Laden? I knew going to Iraq. What's Dylan yelling? Dylan yelling. is yelling for us to get back on topic. Um, oh, I'm what sorry. He's yelling. <laughs> he's bored about American politics. As, as we get into our political debate about I'm whether I'm sorry, I, you'd be chilling, Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> were there weapons of mass destruction? Were there not? It, it doesn't matter. We're talking about Riot Star Wrestling and how wonderful it is, is what we're talking about. Dude, I just left and we were talking about on it on the daily. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, last time we started talking about RSW, it was like ways that they could be improved. Like the anarchy. You know what? We, honestly, we should do like an additional, a, a, another podcast or whatever talk show about that stuff. Dylan's right. We're we're going off. We're too much here. We should. I think that would be a good idea, especially because there's so many different people with different perspectives from different countries. I think that would be a good idea if people were interested. Yeah, right. And with the, the general attention span of the people in RSW, they probably long since stopped listening to this shit anyway, right? Now. <laughs> like, or even if they even if they listen to it, you know, the playback, they're not. They're going to be gone long before this shit. And also, most important Americans they didn't really care about our politics. Well, you know, a lot of the guys listen to this or just wait to hear their name get dropped. Yeah. See, everybody here, we're we're among the uh, the old school of radio shows where, like, they went for three hours and, you know, people <laughs> went for three hours. But uh, trust me, RSW guys, they're not like that. If they put out a radio show by fucking, like, an hour, they're sweating. Like, oh, we really got to stop this. We really got to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> They are. Like, it's always, like, Fowler, Billy Fowler that does it, these British guys, and it's always, like, you know, after an hour, they're sweating their asses off. Like, oh, we got to stop, we got to stop, we got to stop. But I think the first two hours of the show were really, like, focused, talking about the e-fetting, talking about what could be done better in RSW, so I think it was a productive show overall. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
and that's the part that we're going to have listeners for. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, then I come in, it's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> and then Eric comes in and fucks it all. <laughs> hey, it's what I do. He just wants to talk about shit. <laughs> well, we'll do that I, on the next. I can talk for hours about what the fuck's going on in Ferguson, Missouri, but, you know, yeah, that one's right. It's an RSM. But uh, we'll definitely do another show and discuss that all in depth. I think yeah. that would be a good idea. Yeah, we should probably wrap this up anyway, because I, I got my brother's uh, come, he's here now, and I got to fucking, like, go kind of here. All right, well, this is Dylan Erickson with E-Rock. Uh... Jason Jackson, I Johnny Jackson. Johnny Jackson. Johnny Jackson. Get it straight. Get it straight. Johnny Jackson. I'm so sorry. I'm terrible with this. <laughs> um, the RSW World Heavyweight Champion of the World, PT Merciless. Yeah. Boo. For however long that lasts. For however long that will last. So thanks for joining in. If you've listened this far, congratulations. You have survived the Hunger Games. And uh, thank you for listening. Peace out, bitches. Peace out. Bye-bye. All righty. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.